welcome to the Retro Blood. You are all my children now. You want to know what happens to an eyeball when it gets splintered? You got any idea how much blood jets out of a guy's neck? You've come back to us, Michael. She stop the rage. Well, sometimes that is better. It may look like that person, but it ain't that person. Because whatever lives in the ground beyond that cemetery is human at all. We'll tear your soul Welcome back, everybody, to the Retro Blood. As we continue our month-long discussion about school and school activities and, and, and people in school and all kind of school stuff going on in 1980s horror movies, up next, if you like revenge ghost stories that pretty much rip off everything off of uh, um, Nightmare on Elm Street, if you like... <laughs> if you like dancing, if you like old computers, if you like uh, 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 Craig uh, running around trying to save his girlfriend, this is the review for you, brother, because Retro Blood's talking all about Prom Night 2. Hello, Mary Lou. What's going on, Allison? How's it going? How's this uh, Prom up, Night man? treating you? Uh, pretty good. I mean, I like this better than you did, apparently, but um, I mean... I see what you're saying with the Nightmare on Elm Street stuff. It's it's a little bit, uh, how shall we say, influenced. Bro, this, but this it, thing was completely enough. This thing was completely influenced. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, I think so. You know, I'm not. I didn't. I didn't say I disliked this movie. You know, I actually liked that. That was yeah, pretty you fun. Didn't. You're right. You're right. But you know, I think so. This one, even in the description. It's like, oh yeah, this movie rips off Nightmare, uh, 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 Nightmare on Elm Street. It rips off The Exorcist, and it rips off Carrie. And I was like, yes, it yeah. does. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's true. It kind of took like Carrie, The Exorcist, and Nightmare on Elm Street, and put yeah. them all together into one movie. Which is not bad, but so, you know, I no. think, you know, when I watched this, to me, it ripped off Nightmare on Elm Street more than anything. Than, than anything especially the way uh, it looks oh yes i mean like it, the school hallways and everything yes. the way they're shot yeah i yeah. mean this this is basically in the same universe and don't tell me it's not okay no it, <laughs> it could very well be like we could have mary lou versus freddy krueger yes i mean if we wanted to like you're saying the way it was shot uh all the dream sequences uh vicky was having i mean even the death scenes look like shit freddy would do i mean fuck like, the only thing I noticed from, like, Carrie was, like, the over-religious mom. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I noticed the, that, too. The overly religious mom, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the exes, obviously, that's the possession part and all the all the religious crap going on. So, but, you know, mostly mostly from uh, from Nightmare on Elm Street, definitely. But I still thought it was fun. Um, there's a lot to get into on this episode of, you know, who booked this shit and some of the, the history that segments that we have going on and the uh, pro wrestling in the middle around 1987, one of my favorite years. Every time we do a 1987 film, I always love them because like this yeah. is like this is like yeah. peak 80s cheese going on yeah. over here, brother. I love it. 
Yeah, All we're right. totally like once you got to 1986. As soon as you passed over to 1987, it's like it's like total cheesecake, bro. We got people with huge point. hairs. You know, we got yeah. the fucking hairspray. All right, we got these. Uh, we got this dude looking like Fabio on this motherfucker. It was great. <laughs> All right, but uh, yeah. be- before we get into to everything, just just a little side note. We do this every once in a while, but uh, I think I want to do this in long form uh, here. Maybe we could do a lights out about this, but um, have you seen the uh, the new Evil Dead yet? No, I haven't seen it. Like, <clears throat> I keep thinking about going to see it. Like, I was gonna go see it um, last Friday, and then I had that weird issue with my car, yeah. so I didn't. I didn't stop again. And I've thought about going to see it a couple times. Every time I try, I think about going to see it. I look something up, and it just looks like a bunch of CG. And I'm like, I just, I don't know. I don't. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of kind of worried about seeing it like I'm, I'm worried i'll hate it so if i see if i don't ever see it then i'll never know is basically what i'm looking at right now so i saw like, it it won't it won't take my image of, of the other movies no no i mean it's 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 like its own little thing you know they do do some harpening right. back from the first movie on certain things on it um yeah. at first you know when i was watching it i was seeing like how like the characters were being built and at first i was like ah i'm not sure about this because some of the characters were a little annoying to me but you know, I can, I can, um, I can uh, respect that this horror movie was like making the characters kind of like for its time, you know, like the time period that we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be honest with you, like the the movie was not too bad, like for a new age type of horror movie. Um, I thought that it did pretty well about uh, being like a little shocking on certain 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 parts of the film. Yeah, um, the guy that directed it, Lee Cronin, he directed this movie called A Hole in the Ground that I liked a whole lot. Um, I actually watched that again this morning, actually, strangely enough. But um, yeah, he made this movie called A Hole in the Ground that I really liked a lot. It's on HBO Max right now. Um, so, I mean, I have faith that the that the filmmakers could, you know, they're capable of making a good movie. Um, I'm just a little bit worried that all the deadites are going to be CG looking. I also don't know that I care. It kind of bothers me that it's in an apartment building, so they're not like out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. But I do like the idea that... Um, so before, and with the Evil Dead, it, even though we know this is not the, the truth, um, it, it seems like this is stuff just happening to, to Ash and his friends. Whereas if we move out into a larger evil dead universe like this stuff could happen to anybody yeah and i like the idea that it's completely different people in a completely different place it has nothing to do with ash or any of his friends or it doesn't seem like it does and i think that's really cool um you know because this could be in the same universe it's just you know 40 years later or whatever and the deadites are still still attacking people yes and you you know i don't want to give away too many spoilers because we're not doing a sure. full review on it and you haven't seen it yet but it is it's, its own stand low thing and you know a lot of your uh um uh, uh critique is uh is uh pretty much right so you know like okay. it's kind of like its own stand low thing you know it doesn't really have to do anything really with the uh you know the ash story you know but it still has yeah. elements of why this is is happening that they did for pretty much the first one. Um, the only thing that, about it is, you know, this is like probably one of the only Evil Dead movies besides mm-hmm. the remake that they did. 
uh, that's uh, pretty much as serious the whole time. There's just not a whole lot of like comedy, you know, because, you know, w- once we went into Evil Dead 2, you know, we did this reviews on the Retro Blood. Check it out, everybody, in the archives. But, you know, once we did uh, Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness, you know, those are more comedy uh, based. You know, they still had some creepy For sure. scenes, a lot of blood, like a lot of demonic um, um, possession. But they, 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 they did, uh, you know, rely heavily on the, the comedic aspect of that. This film has all the demonic p- possession stuff, but it's not not too much on the comedy, which I can respect. You know, like I said, I, I think you should check it out. Anybody that's checking it out is like maybe on the fence about it. To be honest with you, you know, at first I was watching, I was like, okay, I don't know what else is going to be. But then later on, you know, once we get into some of the kill scenes and stuff, I was like, okay, you know, this is actually pretty good. For like a, a standalone Evil Dead franchise film, I thought it was. Uh, I actually did it, did it. Did it pretty well with it. So okay, I mean, maybe that's kind of cool. Maybe I if mean, you, yeah, maybe if you watch it, yeah. we could do like a lights out about it because it is pretty fun to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll end up seeing it. I, I'm kind of like exaggerating the fact that I never want to see it because I I do want to see it. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll go. Maybe I'll go see it tomorrow if it doesn't rain. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah. Um. The thing about Evil Dead, and then we'll since this is not Evil Dead podcast, we'll stop here, I guess. But um, the thing about Evil Dead that's scary is that, um, you know, you're trapped in this place that you can't get out of with this person who's possessed by a demon. You know what I mean? That's what's scary about Evil Dead, and I think you know, and I, and I think that the thing that might save it, having not seen it, is it's about children, right? Yeah, yeah, it like does have kids, some. Uh, yeah. Yes, it does have a, a couple of kids in this film yeah, too. Yeah, so like the, it seems like the kids are like trapped in like an apartment with their mom who's possessed by a demon, and and that that the idea of that's pretty scary. Yeah, to me. no, so, it, it did very so yeah, well. I mean, I'm it did pretty well of uh, putting that all together. Like mm-hmm. to be honest with you, the film was pretty pretty great. You know, when it comes to you know you know. The whole there are some things I didn't was kind of annoying me about it, but to be honest with you, like most of it on the whole plot line, everything and then how it built up, built up to everything was actually pretty pretty good. So I definitely recommend anybody checking it out. Um, it's very it's it's a very fun. It's not like it's not like Terrifier too fun, but it's very it's in that same right. like realm of like okay, this is like pretty pretty creepy demonic possession, and I liked how they harpened back to some old. Um, design styles of that like they didn't go too crazy right. into like the cgi stuff they actually did a lot more um makeup nice. on it so do they do, do they at least explain why they can't just call 911 in the city that they yes. live in yes 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 okay awesome <laughs> yeah that, yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> not like this fucking movie the, where yeah why the hell yeah. why the hell did billy just put all the fucking uh all of her shit in some random suitcase <laughs> behind the fucking in the fucking school <laughs> Like what the hell? Like right? Why did why did that happen? Like yeah. there's no why? Why would you do that? So because we'll, we have to have a movie. But we'll, yeah, exactly. Because we have to have a plot line, brother. All right. But we'll get it on to that, everybody. So uh, uh, I say we let's let's get into the history of what was going on in the metal yeah, music and the pro wrestling around the release date of Hello Mary Lou Prom Night Two, yes. which was uh, October eighteenth. 19 actually it was October 16th sorry 1987 all right so you know we've done October films you know before around this particular month but uh, I did find a couple new things when it comes to wrestling and um the metal music as well too so I say we'll get into the wrestling first because uh, I was able to watch this episode of 
WCCW, World Class Ooh. Wrestling, from my hometown of Dallas at the Sportatorium, mm-hmm. brother. And this was actually was a really interesting episode when it comes to the state of WCCW around this particular time. So the the whole episode was basically about the return of Kevin, or sorry, Carrie Von Erich. All right. Mm-hmm. So Allison, I, I'm pretty sure you know this story. As did you ever hear about the story of of Carrie Von Erich when he had that motorcycle accident and his foot? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and he and he messed up his foot. Yeah. yeah. So so basically, what happened? It happened around 1986. Um, he basically was in a motorcycle accident where he hurt. He kind of got himself banged up and everything, but he he mostly hurt his foot and his ankle. So the thing was, you know, he was trying to rehab it for a little bit, his ankle, but he walked on it prematurely, and that's what really caused it to kind of like get all messed up. So he had to amputate his foot, and so from amputating his foot, he he made a, 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 a prosthetic. And mm-hmm. he wrestled in that for pretty much the rest of his career. And it was actually a, a, a hidden secret in wrestling for a while. Or at least he was trying to hide it in wrestling for a while that he actually had a prosthetic foot compared to having, you know, you know, all his foot being fine. And he was trying to keep it a secret from from everybody. Besides, like, maybe even a couple of wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, he tried to keep it a secret from oh, other wrestlers. Okay. He even, he, so there were stories out there that he would even shower with his boot on. All right, that's how much yeah, you want to keep it a secret. I actually have heard that. Yeah, and then you have other wrestlers, you know, like maybe like Roddy Piper or Bret Hart. They stated that he, you know, he showed them the foot and said they were he was comfortable around them. So, so it's just one of those things that was going on wrestling, you know. So you know during during this particular time, you know, nowadays, you know, that happened to a wrestler, you know, everybody would know about it, you know, you know, most fans, you know, wouldn't care, you know, they'd just be sympathetic for the character, you know. We, we see that. But, you know, back in the day, there was like this uh, aura about a lot of wrestlers where they, for a, for a man or a wrestler like, like Carrie, you know, he, he couldn't mm-hmm. have like a like a default like that. You know what I mean? Like it just the way his his, his persona was, the way the way he, you know, he was perceived to be himself. He was supposed to be like the modern day warrior, you know, like this this big Superman character. You know, he couldn't have like something, you know, wrong with him. So, yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, plus, you know, especially back then, like you were saying, like, I mean, you know, how could he wrestle with with missing a foot? You know yeah. what I mean? So, like, I'm sure prosthetic would well, definitely prosthetics were not as good as they are now. I, in fact, I'm not even really sure how he did it. I mean, the only I thing know. I can think of is that, you know, his wrestling boots were so tight that they just held the prosthetic in place and it was easier for him to, like, move around and stuff. Because um, back then, like, you know, people that had prosthetics, you know, I mean, obviously they could walk, you know, with like, you know, with prosthetic legs and things like that. But running around and doing athletic things was kind of out of the question. So yeah. it is amazing that he could do that at all. I know. But uh, speaking of that, since you mentioned, I was going to ask you this question. So, yeah, he was the modern day warrior, um, Carrie Von Eric. So did do you know if he got that from the Rush song, Tom Sawyer? I mean, I probably. Because, <laughs> I mean... Because, I mean, that's like the first line of Tom Sawyer, right? Yeah. Modern Day Warrior. Um, but, yeah, I wondered if he, I've always wondered if he got that from the Tom Sawyer song from Rush. Oh, he, he probably did. I mean, look at this guy. He's definitely stealing a bunch of <laughs> – you could definitely tell that our boy Carrie, yeah. you know what I mean? He definitely was a Rush fan, a White Snakes fan, any kind of hair band. He was definitely a fan <laughs> of it. So that's pretty much what the whole episode was about, like kind of like his comeback. 
into yeah. wrestling. And <laughs> another part that was very interesting about this episode was we had a gentleman, Chris Adams, on commentary the yep. whole night. And nice. you never heard a guy fucking just begging people to stay and watch this shit. <laughs> it was crazy. So this guy the whole night was like, listen, guys, I'm back. I guess he was gone for a little bit, too. Chris Adam was. He's like, hey, guys, I'm back. Carrie's back. We got Kevin over here. It's just like it was. I mean, don't turn the channel, guys. It's just like it was before during our heydays. Please don't turn the channel. Like, this guy yes, was just don't. begging. This guy was begging yes. viewers to stay. I was like, what the hell's going on here? Yes, so, come back and watch the show again because it's just like it was when you used to like it. Yes. Like the whole night he was doing this <laughs> shit. And there's some, um, and they were also promoting the this um, Von Erich's Across America tour. So the big thing that they were doing at this time was they were they were getting out of Texas and doing shows in different markets. So, you know, let me mm -hmm. let me break this down for you, your viewers over here. So, you know, during 1987, we pretty much have two dominant forces in wrestling. Kind of like how we have today. And, and I'm talking in, in yes. America, in America. Yeah, right. So we had Jim Crockett Promotions and then we had the WWF. So, you know, when it comes to pop culture and when it comes to viewership, obviously at this particular time, the WWF was like huge. You know, they were mm -hmm. definitely number yeah. one. Jim Crockett Promotions, very close number two, but they just didn't have the, the money or they didn't have the uh, prestige <clears throat> that um, the WWF had you know, at this time. So they were like a very distant number two. But then surrounding that, that's when we had like these other territories. And one of them being WCCW, which would definitely, you know, at this time, definitely be very close to number three. Because, you know, they were definitely a very, very hot in, in uh, promotion, especially for its time. It kind of slowed down a little bit for all this like Von Erich's death that was going on at the time. A lot of wrestlers leaving. The Freebirds leaving. So it was definitely, the, the territory was like a little bit of a, you know, going through a little bit of a down period. But one of their plans was, was to let's go outside the Texas market and we're going to promote it as a Ron Eric's Across America tour. And the big gimmick, check this one out, Allison, you're like this. The big gimmick was, mm -hmm. we're only going to be going there one night, so you better come. All right, we're we're we're, we're not gonna go well, like these. They, they, they said this. We're not like, we're not like those other promotions who like keep coming to towns. No, we're only gonna come one night, brother. We're only gonna come one <laughs> night. I mean, that makes sense. There's a lot. Of, I mean, that's a that's a tried and true promotion method, right? One night only. Yeah, one night only. Because they, they basically they're going to they're they're promoting that they're gonna go to Birmingham, <laughs> Miami. I um, mean, just just different places outside of Texas, and it's only gonna be for one night only. Everybody, you can see the stars. Yep. <clears throat> So on, <clears throat> so on this particular episode, um, we'll, we'll talk about some of the matches. So we have uh, uh, Steve. Um, uh, he he was like that young guy that looks like Jungle Boy that we talked about last time that we did the WCW. Steve Steve Simpson. Yeah, Steve Simpson. Yeah. Yeah. He was facing this guy. All right, and they kept calling him the Cowboy. All right. Oh, we got the cowboy over here. Yet this guy was dressed up like in tie dye and shit. So I was like, "What kind of cowboy is this guy?" The tie dye cowboy. So, and then we had a couple of interferences and stuff. I didn't write a whole lot of notes about it, but you know, you could tell that this promotion um, was really trying to pump up this Steve Simpson guy. And I'm surprised he didn't do as much in WCCW as he did because they were really trying to like get this guy going. So <laughs> you would have loved this next match. <laughs> We have the um, the Black Superman, 
Do you know who the black Superman is, um, Allison? No, but I'm dying to find out. So the black Superman, all right, is going to be um, Tony Atlas. That was his gimmick in WCCW. Well, that's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad. Because, you know, he's, he's ripped as shit. I like that. Yeah, right. I like that. Was he wearing some kind of Superman type outfit? I mean, he had red. He had like red uh, spandex on. Oh, okay. So I mean, I guess that kind of counts. And uh, he he's basically having a body match with the Tumbler. All right. The Tumbler. Yeah. Wow. Who is who is the Tumbler? So hold on. So yeah, and this basically was was a big body match. So they were right. just fucking, uh, they're basically just posing the whole time around here. Just fucking, uh, I mean, you, I, you gotta see this. It was, it was like the most body match I've ever seen. Like they would barely touch each other. They were just posing the whole time. They might have done like yeah. one or two wrestling moves. That's about it. All right. And then totally antless, he won with like a, an axe slam off the middle rope. So, so then, then uh, <clears throat> yes. The power move, brother. The axe, the deadly axe hammer off the top rope. Um, so, <laughs> so then we get this like promo from Gary Hart, and he, uh, he was all talking about you know the return of Carrie Von Eric and stuff, and saying like you know you're taking some time off wrestling. And there was this guy, the uh, 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 Brian Adidas, all right, and did he 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 used to be like friends with Carrie, but then now he's kind of like a new guy. Like he's kind of like a new, um, a new bad guy and stuff, and uh, he they were going on about um, he was going on about like you know this is like he's, he's a new man and stuff and he's coming after you and you know he's also coming after your brother too Kevin, and that that golden thump of yours ain't gonna do nothing. Mm. So yes. then we then we had like a uh, I guess it's like a weekly segment they did that they do, it's like. <laughs> It's like Fritz von Eric's scrapbook. <laughs> All right, this sounds awesome. <laughs> so like, like this reminds kid picture. I'm surprised they didn't add this in fucking prom night too. You know, Fritz's scrapbook. <laughs> <clears throat> so basically, his thing is so he had he was basically pumping up his son Carrie. Yeah, yeah. he was basically saying, "All right, Carrie, you know, after this accident and everything, he's been in the gym." We got him a new gym over here. We see Carrie working out and shit. And then, you know, Carrie's all talking about like, yeah, you know, you know, sometimes I just don't listen to my parents like all of us do and stuff. But, you know, I got my mind right and everything. I've been working out hard. I'm getting ready to get back in the ring, back into shape. And then and then Fritz, keeping kayfabe, you know, trying to light eye to us. Guys, you know, this guy, he, he has a track he runs on every day. You should see this track. This track yeah. is like the best track you've ever seen. It's like this guy's trying to fucking hide this foot <laughs> as much as he can. Yep. Mm-hmm. So then yeah, we cut. Keep the gimmick alive. <clears throat> they gotta keep it alive. So he was just pumping up his son, like, bro, you never seen this guy promote somebody as hard. It's like, listen, guys, he's not injured at all. He is still the modern day warrior. He's some jacked yep. up dude. He is still there. He's all man. So the next match we have is a uh, uh, Kevin versus Brian Adidas, and uh, they have a pretty good technical match and everything. Um. This guy, like Brian, did he? He has like these like leopard, like spandex. And I was like, "Fuck, bro! If I was a wrestler, I would wear these." This guy, you know, he you you could tell he loves white snake. 
That's, that's his band right there. <laughs> All right. So they're they're fighting, they're punching everything. Apparently, and then Brian he he kind of gets the upper hand advantage. He starts cheating a little bit on Kevin, and then Carrie comes in, starts knocking his ass down. All right, and then everybody comes out. Like we got Percy coming out, um, and then we got um, a couple of these other wrestlers coming out, and uh, uh, <laughs> so there's this uh, there's this wrestler, okay, mm-hmm. um, and he's known. Check, check out this gimmick. So this 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 is such an '80s thing right here. So we have this wrestler <clears throat> that he is known. For bench pressing 705, uh, I guess, pounds. All right. And that's like his good. That's a lot. That's it. Yeah. So, like, he was like, you know, the strongest man in the world, uh, bench pressing over 705 pounds. He even had a 705 on his, like, tights and stuff. And uh, he comes out and he challenges um, Carrie, you know, saying, like, you know, he's pretty much like the, uh, uh, the strongest man. Here in wrestling, he's like the strongest man, you know, alive. And Carrie, you're just some dude in a yellow shirt because Carrie, Carrie is wearing like some yellow shirt. And mm-hmm. then Brian comes up and attacks him and stuff. So you know, we're just building feuds for Carrie during this whole uh, this whole comeback. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so the guy bench presses 705 pounds. So I wonder how long it took him to get that extra five pounds. Like once he got to the 700 mark. Yeah, like you know, I wonder how long it took him to be able to bench press five more pounds. I also wonder how they got that on the bar. Are there two and a half pound weights? I mean, I guess. <clears throat> I mean, I guess he put two two and a half pound weights on each side. Like that's kind of a weird. It's an odd amount. Is what I'm saying. It's just odd. Yeah, that he would have that. Uh, that that uh, that would be his bench press number. But sure, I'm sure it's uh, it's uh, uh, you know, I'm sure it's a shoot number, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I, yeah, I think, you know, I guess he was, you know, seven, but he was like, yeah, 705. So I guess like, yeah, maybe there was like a two, five pounds. pounds. Uh, (laughs) So his name is uh, um, Ted Archie. So Ted Archie is, he was, he was basically saying he was the strongest man alive. And I guess at this point, the bench, he was holding the bench record of 705. Uh, uh, lifted so he until yeah. you know obviously um let me see what it says so who was the first man to bench press 700 pounds although sure ray sure was the first man to bench press 700 pounds henderson has his place in the record books as the second ever to to press 700 pounds raw without a bench press shirt okay so big james henderson was the first guy to 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 the, to do that. Mm. So so I guess this so he was the first to do 700 and then our boy our boy Ted did 705. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That's a lot of damn weight. Yeah. And he, the guy was jacked too. I was like, "Fuck." I mean, this guy was big. Big dude. So um and then, you know, so basically we we're, we're, we're doing some feuds over here for Carrie to kind of get him going, get get him back. And then, uh, so they, they got the upper hand on Brian and, uh, Ted, they got him out of the ring and then they eventually double drop kick Pringle, Percy Pringle to get him out of there too. Mm-hmm. So then we cut and then, 
So we're, we're you know we're promoting the uh, Von Erichs Across America tour, and then they just go to like this random '80s girl, and she's all saying like, "Yeah, I brought me and my 15 friends over here to uh, to support WCCW. You know that's what we do." And they're like, "Oh, who did you come here to say?" Oh, I came here to see Carrie. Carrie. And I came here to say Chris. I was like, of course. Of course. And then, so another thing they were pumping up is, I guess they just had, or they signed, the Iron Sheik to now wrestle here at WCCW. And they were talking about how he was a former world champion somewhere else, which is obviously the F. Mm -hmm. And they were saying how how deadly he is. So basically what we were seeing was, we were seeing a, a couple of clips of the Iron Sheik and action kicking people's ass, which is always nice. So, you know, he was beating people up outside, be- 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 beating people up on the inside. We see him put on the uh, the uh, what, the camel clutch on some of these wrestlers, too, and he was managed by um, Gary Hart at this time as well. Oh, yeah. So we're getting him on here. And then we basically end the show with Steve Corny uh, talking about all the cities that they're going to go visit like I'm, I'm telling you, man, they were pumping up this tour, like the whole and episode. Only one night each. Oh, one night each. We got Miami. Yeah, we're we got never, Birmingham. We're never gonna come back to your yeah. city again. Ever. Yeah, never coming back, brother. So that was a little quick episode of uh, WCCW. That was it. Actually, happened the night after Mary Lou. So this episode was on October seventeenth, nineteen eighty-seven. Mm-hmm. So after we uh, went to go see some Mary Lou. In the uh, 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 the theater here, we would uh, watch a little episode of the uh, WCCW. So you know, building up some stuff. You know, we got a you know we've seen this happen in wrestling before. You know, a big star comes back. You know what I mean? We got to pump up the TV. We got to pump up the towns. You know, we, we see this in wrestling even today. You know, when Cody came back, you know it was all about Cody getting him on the live events, getting him on the tours. So we've seen this in wrestling a lot. So it's it's a smart booking oh, yeah. decision to do. So yeah, and they're still doing that. So now, like um, Cody's Twitter now, ha- every well not every day, but you know every so often will have all the towns he's going to be at. Yes. So they'll have like you know if he's going to be at a house show, he'll have it listed and tell you that he's going to be there. So that's yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still it's still that's kind of old school in the way they're doing that now. You know, it's like, you know, all the, all they're, they're letting you know who's going to be making the towns. basically. Yes. So uh, speaking of making the towns, brother, they yeah. got some uh, metal to talk about over here. And we do this every once in a while when we can't really find like an album release. But when I was doing my research, apparently on the actual day mm-hmm. that prom night two got released here in America, if we were in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, on this Friday, October 16th, 1987, we would see a mega hair band lineup of one Motley Crue and White Whitesnake. Oh, wow. That would have been a good hair metal show. I mean, um, I mean, I'm I like White Snake. I'm a kind of a White Snake fan. I'm not so much a Motley Crue fan so, as as much, but yeah. um, I, I am I am a White Snake fan. Um, I like David Coverdale a lot, all the way back to when he was in Deep Purple. But um, the uh, but yeah, this was like uh, the Girls 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 tour, I guess. Yes, for Motley Crue, and then White Snake probably just put out the they self-titled just... White Snake album, yep. going with uh, Here I Go Again and all that stuff on it. Yeah. Probably one of their biggest hits of all time. Here I go again. I mean, we still see that, yes. hear that shit all the time. 
Still here all the time. Bro, I mean, come on now. <laughs> like, this show, just imagine the screaming females in the crowd. Oh, yeah. And the big hair and, the, yeah, the hairspray. Bro, I mean, you know, it was, had to be wild. Fire, everybody's going up. Yeah. Everybody's oh going up. Oh, yeah. Everybody. Um, the hairspray is on, on point. Fucking the rocker chicks are there everywhere. These fucking, not even, probably not even rocker chicks, just random 80s girls everywhere, bro. Just going crazy. You yeah, know, our girl absolutely. Jess. Absolutely. Our girl yeah, Jess. She's going to be there. Oh, she's definitely there. She booked her ticket way in advance. All right. Um, but, but yeah, this is the White Snake album where, um, so John Sykes from Thin Lizzy wrote this album with David Coverdale. But before the tour started, uh, Coverdale fired everybody. Um, him, he fired, fired Sykes and Neil Murray basically because they still looked like he wanted, he wanted something more dynamic, something more like a, like a 1980s looking band, which is what we see in all the videos from this era. Yeah. But none of the people in those videos actually played on this album, wow. except for Tommy Aldridge. I think he did. I think he played drums on it, but no, nobody in those videos that are played on this tour actually played on that album. Um, so they got Adrian Vandenberg to play guitar and I can't remember who the other guitar player was. Um, but yeah, he wanted, he wanted a band that looked more hair metal like, you know, with the big teased up hair and those, the other guys that were in the band still kind of looked like, you know, early eighties or late seventies rockers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but that, I mean, that's what a lot of bands were doing. You know, a lot yeah. of bands were embracing that because they were afraid because the eighties were so different that they were afraid that, you know, whatever people, whatever was in fashion, people wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't accept anything else. Yeah. And a lot of bands did go down. Yeah. I mean, it's true. Cause like, you know, there's a clip they're probably going to play on the Facebook of mm -hmm. uh, white snake performing in 1987, performing the, mm -hmm. the song still of the night. And oh, if you yeah, take a, yes. if you t yeah, that's a great song. We'll play it at the end of the podcast. But if you look at him, I mean, you, you were spot on. I mean, they they were, I mean, this band was like 80s. I mean, everybody had the high hair. We're going to have like the zebra pants. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. The the eccentric outfits going on here. You know what I mean? Yeah, and the, the scarfs on the uh, yeah. microphone stands. Yeah, sky, yeah. yeah, everything, bro. I mean, Big which makes shirts. sense because, you know, that was what the hit was. So, you right, know, right. The, the, the big thing about hair bands around this time is it's not only like we're trying to do as good music as we kind of can, but we're also trying to bring in the the female audience a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So we got not only do we have to be uh, write these love ballads all the time, but we also have to look the part when we're out there on the on the stage. It's all you know, it's all mixed together. So it's it's tough if you're gonna be this type of band. And then you bring out somebody like that looks like some of those old smoky bikers on stage. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It just yeah, doesn't really go with it. No, yeah. It doesn't right. go with the, the presentation. Don't want to see that. Exactly. They want they want Carrie Von Eric. I mean why that's yes. why Carrie Von Eric, Von Eric was was so popular with the ladies. I mean it I mean he's a great wrestler, but that wasn't why they liked him. For yeah. Sure. Yes, exactly. So the you, you gotta like so, you know, unlike kind of like today a little bit, like you can you can kind of get a little away with that. Like you can sound a little different than you look, you know, mm -hmm. back in the day. Now, if you sound like you're an 80s love hair band, you know what I mean? Out there wilding, getting pissed. You had to look like that on stage, brother. OK, yeah, because that's what uh, that's what the 80s were all about. That's the the song video killed the radio star. That's what that's all about. Right. Yep. 
like as soon as you could see them, they you had to. It was completely different. Like you know, once you saw videos, it changed the way music was. Yeah, changed the way music was as much as streaming changed music in the two thousands. Yeah, it's always evolving. So now we got this crazy AI shit going on here. Now we got AI music. We don't even have bands anymore. We just have like uh, Chat GPT or whatever making uh, new Drake songs for me to listen to. Yeah, it's fucking crazy, man. Crazy shit out there. Just imagine what our boy Josh would have done with uh, Chat GBI. He would have created all kinds wow. of shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was, uh, yeah, the computers. Yeah. <laughs> like going back to this, just watching the computer aspect of all this is. I like, know it's crazy. It's kind of crazy. It, it, yeah, I mean, it's just like wow, the computers are gonna save us. Yeah. So you know, White Snake, like, but you know, when it comes to hair bands, though, like White Snake, they're they're like one of those ones. I feel like they're like the test of time, you know, because we still hear mm-hmm. their their stuff today, and I'm pretty sure they still tour today as well, too. Yep, they're actually on our farewell farewell tour, but yes, they're they're touring up until today. Yeah, uh, still, um, still going, still playing the same songs, um, you know, actually putting out some new stuff. They put out new albums in the last ten years. Um, but yeah, and uh, John Sykes is still playing music too, just not with White Snake anymore. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean, um, White Snake. I mean, you know, I, I honestly, personally feel like they they stood the test of time more than Motley Crue did. Like if you saw Motley Crue today and saw White Snake today, White Snake would be a much better live band. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I like. I mean, me personally, I agree with you. Um, I like a lot of White Snake songs a little better, and like their live performance, I think it's a little bit more smoother. Yes. So, but you know, Molly Cruz, obviously, you know, we talked about them before on the show. You know, they're 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 like the party band. You know what I mean? Like, even though their songs yeah, are, yeah. I don't know, I just can't get into a lot of their songs. But they are like no. the party drinking band. You know? Yeah. So the first the first two Molly Crew albums are really good. The self titled one and uh, Shout at the Devil. And then after that, they did, in my opinion, they just as they got more popular, they definitely started going downhill. Yeah. Um. And then, like girls, girls. By the time they got to girls, 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 like they're, it just sounds like, like it's canned, you know, like, like they just, you know, took a can opener and just opened up a can of hair metal and poured it out. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, I don't know, hard to describe it. But if you're, a, but if you're a young 1987, oh yeah, white blooded male, this is definitely mm-hmm. the co- co- uh, concert That's to go the, to, brother. That's the show for you. That's the show for you. End up with you're gonna end up coming home with something. Yeah, I mean it. Maybe it's a disease, but you're gonna come home with something. I think it's something, brother. It'd be great. <laughs> All right, so let's get into some of the who booked this shit on yeah, prom night, shit, brother. So like, I can't. Is it is it Hello Mary Lou then prom night two or is it prom <laughs> night two then Her- Hello Mary Lou? I was gonna ask you the same question. I've heard it both ways. I've yeah. heard it Hello Mary Lou prom night two. And I've heard it prom night to Hello Mary Lou. I'm not sure what the official title is. Maybe you just pick. Also, when you did you watch this on Shutter? Yeah, I watched it on Shutter. Yeah. Um, why is it not in widescreen? I don't know, but did you see the little <laughs> boom mic in that one scene? I thought that was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked like I was literally watching like a DVD of it. I know it, that's true because it had all this. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Maybe they just the didn't get that copy version they had. Right. Well, apparently the there's a version that got released. Yeah. That was like it was supposed to be like remastered, but I guess we didn't get that one on the shutter. I guess shutter doesn't have that one because, like, as a it was it was for a tie in for the 2008 remake of Prom Night, MGM Home Entertainment. Right. They they released a new widescreen DVD of Hello Mary Lou on April 1st, 2008. 
So I guess maybe we didn't get that one. All right, they're just like, "Fuck it, bro." I got I guess. the I got the VHS brother. All right, we're just yeah, gonna we'll pop just run that the, in. We'll, we'll just run the VHS off <laughs> on our Shutter streaming 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 app. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So a couple things about it. So, you know, we, we talk a little bit about the director here and there, but this Bruce Pittman, like he didn't really do like a lot of horror movies. I mean, he did like a, a couple things when it comes to that. Um, like apparently like after he did this movie, he did this movie called uh, Chasing Rainbows, which is like the CB, CBCS miniseries. And he did win okay. a, a, an award for that one. Um, but most of these movies, I don't really like, I think they're like just like drama movies. Like I don't really... Except for maybe Mark at Mark of the Cabin, um, but I, I wasn't too familiar with a lot of his work prior to this um, prior to this movie. Um, right. But there's a couple of things that are kind of interesting about this film. So it was filmed in Edema, Alberta, in 1986, and the film was mm. retitled "Hello Mary Lou Prom Night 2 by its Canadian release partner, uh, Alliance <laughs> Films. Yes. All right. It was released theoretically in the United States by the Samuel Goldwyn Company in October mm-hmm. 1987. So we got Samuel. They brought the shit over to the U.S., brother. Uh, the, the the film nearly grossed $300 million at the U.S. box office for only being a $2.5 million film. So, you know, a little tough. Um, the film received mixed reviews from critics with many drawing stylistic comparisons to various other films of the era. So I knew about a couple of these, but I haven't seen this movie. Maybe you have, Allison. It also got compared compared to David Lynch's Blue Velvet. Yeah, I've seen Blue Velvet. Okay. I love David Lynch. Well, I love David Lynch too, but I haven't seen the Blue Velvet. I'm not sure why. Okay. I don't see that. I don't see that comparison. Yeah, I was going to ask you that because I haven't um, seen this movie yet. I mean, that's definitely one we're going to put on the list. For the for the retro, yeah, blood. yeah, we. I mean, it, it's it's not strictly a horror film, but there's some very horrific things in it, okay. and it's a great movie. Um, if you've listened to metal, you've you've definitely heard samples from that movie, because um, they're used quite a bit in in horror in a uh, in uh, heavy metal music. Um, but so, Blue Velvet is about um. This guy, he's like, I guess he's like a young, not, I mean, he's like either a late teenager, early 20s, something like that. And he moves into this town and he, he finds an ear in his, in like he's on a walk and he finds an ear, like a severed ear. Um, and then he starts investigating all this weird stuff. And then he ends up meeting, um, this girl played by Is- Isabella Rossellini. And she's involved with this gangster who's played by Dennis Hopper. And he's like this crazy, like drug addled, like psycho. Um, and then it just gets weirder from there. But um, I don't know. I don't really see. I don't see the similarity in this. Like, I, you know, this is this is kind of threw me for a loop a little bit. I, I don't I mean, I'm sure maybe somebody out there that, that's a listener uh, would know the similarity more than I would. But I just I don't really see the similarity in, the, in that one. Yeah. I mean, obviously, when we, we were talking about this before, you know, like, this one, you know, Carrie and Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, this movie definitely had aspects yeah, of those films can, in this one, yeah. for sure. So, for sure. So, a couple of little interesting facts as well. I'm not sure if you catched, catch this, Allison, or viewers out there. So, mm-hmm. in addition to, you know, having very close, you know, scripts and design like Nightmare on Elm Street, Carrie and the Exorcist, 
Apparently, some of the sure. characters were named after popular horror film directors and other uh, and other cult figures, including John Carpenter, which okay. our 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 hero Vicky, her last name was Carpenter. We okay. had George Romero, Wes Craven, the uh, the teacher was named Craven. Yeah, Mr. Craven. Yeah. Yes, and we had uh, a couple others as well too. So we were ha- they they this director was uh, given homage to a lot of these uh, directors on this movie as well. So a couple of things: the film was shot on location in Edmonton, Alberta, at West Westmont Junior High School, on a budget of appa- approximately two point five million. Other portions of the film, yeah, Canadian, yes, yes. Hmm. Other uh, uh, portions of the film were shot inside an abandoned f- furniture store. The Toronto-based Simicon Limited production of the film, while the media company Alacrom also co-funded its production. Filming, filming began early August 1986. The production chose Edmonton due to the local school's board enthusiasm about shooting a film in the city. So they basically, you know, chose that because the, this, you know, the schools were kind of excited about maybe, you know, renting out their place for, for the movie to happen. As well as the fact that the local schools had the neo-goth um, um, structure the producers had envisioned. And I was going to bring that up too because, you know, when we're watching it, where they did the church and they did the school. I mean, these buildings look like mm. castles. I mean, they were freaking yeah, it looks, gorgeous it looks looking. Awesome. Yeah, they don't build yeah. shit like that anymore. I wish they oh, did. No. When yeah, when they build schools now, like I just drove by the uh, the new uh, elementary school that I the same school that I went to. Like it's on the same spot, but it's a completely different building. I mean, it just looks like it's just a square building. It's just boring. Yes. Like you know, they don't build anything that looks like that anymore. I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it would just be cool to have something that had like character. You know what I mean? Yeah. So a couple other things too. So the, the the special effects designer, his name was Jim Doyle, and he was based out yes. of Los Angeles, and he he has done previous work on mm-hmm. no none other than a Nightmare on Elm Street. So maybe that's why a lot of the 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 production, all the design remind us of Nightmare on the Street because this guy worked on a Nightmare on the Street, so he probably just brought all the yeah. stuff that he knew to this movie. Yeah, like a lot of it, I'm sure effects were done the same way. Like the scene where she gets covered up with the sheet, yeah. that's a very Nightmare on the Street looking thing, the way the way that was done. And he also worked on Francis Ford Coppola's One from the Heart. I've never seen that. And War Games. I have seen War Games. That's a good movie too. 1983, brother. So a couple of things uh, that was kind of interesting. So some sequences required elaborate setups to film, such as the surrealistic scene in which Vicky collapses into the chalkboard, which I actually thought that scene was like straight out of fucking Nightmare on the Street. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, fact, yeah. I mean, it, it looked like it could have been in that film, no problem. But it was a really cool scene how they filmed it and how they shot it. All right. So, so they were saying so it was only like a forty-five second sequence. The production crew scheduled five days to complete the scene at an estimated right. cost of two thousand dollars per hour. Per hour. Per hour. I was like, "What the wow. fuck?" So Dola designed for forty-five seconds. For 45 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I was like, "Fuck, okay." So Dola designed the set with the blackboard lying flat on the floor and filmed it so it appeared that it was on standing end. So I'm pretty sure the way they filmed it was they got like a little like they built like its own like jacuzzi looking thing. All right. Right. And the way he filmed it was maybe like on top, like you know, the camera's like like shooting downward, 
and then and then what he did was he just um on, on his back he probably just put like the whole like desk and chair and everything around it so it yeah, was a really yeah, cool scene and like i you know i thought that was like one of the best like shot scenes in the whole film but i couldn't believe how much they were paying for it for hour i mean fuck bro two thousand per hour i mean fuck you know how lazy some of these people are when it comes to like sets They're like all right brother uh, i think it's time for a break you know little donuts here we just oh, yeah we just oh, yeah. put up you know i just put the water in the jacuzzi let's take an hour break let's just let's, let's take an hour break <laughs> so so a couple things the producer peter simpson and the samuel goldwyn company reshot half of the film before it completed production of course with writer ron oliver directing the new scenes himself the film sequence rebranded as a sequel to the slasher prom nights and retitled of course the hello mary lou by its Canadian yeah. production company. So basically what they were trying to do, they were trying to connect the films. And then Simpson later stated that the, he felt that branding the film has a, like a form of the prom night series kind of damaged the film's reputation. I kind of agree with that. Like, so yeah, cause originally it had nothing at all to do with prom night. Yes. Um, it was called the what the Haunting of Hamilton High or something like yes, that. Yes, yeah, that's the original um, title. Is the Haunting of yeah. Hamilton High was the original title, which yeah. the only comparisons was the Hamilton High was in Prom Night. That was the school's name, right? Which was a coincidence. Yeah, but I'm I'm thinking that the movie would have done better if it was not listed as a Prom Night sequel, and they seem to think that way as well. But. Yes. I mean, I could get a well. I can I, well. I could agree with that too because to be honest with you, it really wasn't a prom night sequel. I mean, this had nothing to do with any of the characters that we saw in prom night. You know, right? I mean, the I only found one comparison to this movie to prom night besides the school name was a line. Was it well, it was a line that Mary Lou said to um, to Billy when she, when yeah. she got her her his feelings hurt and shit. And it was a right. line where, like, you know, it's not who you come to the prom with, it's who's you, who takes you home. Right, which is also in the first prom. Night. Exactly. That was, like, um, other than that, that's, like, the only connect. Everything else just reminded me of Nightmare on Elm Street, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah exactly. So. I guess that I guess that they were just thinking at the time, apparently wrongly, that sequels did well. Yeah. Sequels did money. Horror movie sequels did money. But um, it would have been really weird... I think for its time for anyone or a lot of people to have even remembered prom night. Cause I mean, it was a pretty obscure horror movie from 1980. So it's seven years before this. Yeah. Well, you know, expected people like, Oh, I saw that seven years ago. Let's go see this. I mean, you're right. But then again, it did have Jamie Lee Curtis and you know, she was a pretty big star during this time. So I'm pretty sure. So, you know, prom night was probably one of those films that it did well, like after released. You know what I mean? Like it did mm. well on the video cassette tape more than it did in the theater, just like this movie did too. Apparently, this movie you know wasn't the best at the theaters, but it did gain a cult following by its uh, video release. So, but uh, that's enough talking about the, the old backstage stuff of Prom Night. Let's get into the full review, everybody. A Prom Night Two. Hello, Mary Lou. Did you see Mary Lou? She went behind the stage with Cooper. All right, let's hear it for Mary Lou Maloney, the 1957 Hamilton High Prom Queen. Never mind the stupid capo on head, just give me the crown. This year, 
someone special is coming back to Hamilton High for prom night. Mary Lou Maloney. Mary Lou! She's been dead for 30 years. Now she's going to use Vicky's body to get her crown back. Good morning, prom queen. Only nominated, not the winner. Not yet. Mary Lou Maloney has come back. Vicky. Wrong. You came with me. She will enter your body and possess you. See you later, alligator. On revenge. Another prom queen hopeful bites the big one. Cracking up? I don't know what's happening to me. You know something about this, don't you? Sucker! She took the keys to my Cadillac car. They're playing her song. Hello, Mary Lou. Prom night two. So we start off the film, we see like a an old gothic-looking school. Yeah. All right? And then you know what's in this school? It's a random suitcase that opens up. All right? And it gives us a title. And this title said, Hello, Mary Lou, and it had Prom Night 2 at the bottom. So they couldn't figure out their minds of which placement to do. No, because it's, it's listed both ways. Yeah. So now we see, we go to a church, very gothic-looking church as well, too. And we see a, a young woman go into the confession booth. Uh, have you ever been to a confession booth there, Allison? Nope. Okay. Me either. So I don't know what to get confess about. <laughs> there there well, that goes. I don't have a lot to say about that. <laughs> yes. So she's in there. She's all like, listen, Father, or, or hello, Father, uh, I have sinned. I've had... Sexual relations with young boys. A whole bunch of young boys. Mm. The guy's like, oh, that's been a crime. She's like, yes. <laughs> She's like, yes. Uh, but I'm going to tell you something else. Is that I enjoyed every minute of it. I was like, and, and right away, I was like, this is definitely an 80s film. And then yeah. she, like, uh, on lipstick, she says, like, you know, for a good time, contact Mary Lou 588658. Did they not have, like, zip codes back in the day? I guess they didn't, huh? What well, didn't have zip codes, no. But what well, okay, so what was it what was the phone number? It was five eight eight six five eight six. Okay. Um, yeah, but you gotta remember this is I don't, we didn't tell the people this, and I don't know if we know yet, but it's the it's the fifties. It's nineteen fifty. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's nineteen fifty. The phone numbers right were now. a little different then. Yeah. They had less numbers. Yeah. Um, but but uh but yeah, so it's nineteen fifty seven. So phone numbers would have been a little bit different, but uh but yeah, so that was an I guess a 1957 phone. What if we call number. it right now? What happens? Uh, well, there's not there's not enough numbers in it, right? That's true. We have we to have an area code now. Yeah, we gotta go back in back in the day and call it. I so, guarantee you, though, if it does work, nobody has that phone number because <laughs> I'm sure this is a cult movie now, so yeah. a lot of people have called the number. Yeah, probably. So now we're at we're at the prom the the prom. We're back at prom, brother. 1957. And they're playing Allison's favorite song, Tutti Frutti. Yes. I loved a lot of the music in this. I love I love 50s music. Yeah. Um, 
I loved a lot of this. I love that uh, Hello, Mary Lou, Goodbye Heart song that's in it later on. Yes. And, uh, but yeah, Tutti Free, Little Richard. I love Little Richard. I love Little Richard. Me and Dusty Rhodes are huge Little Richard fans. Yeah, oh, you know, Dusty would have been here, no problem. He would have been yeah, going yeah, crazy. Yeah, Dusty would have loved this. So we see Mary Lou and her date, Billy. All right, and she's basically telling Billy to go get some punch. All right, so he goes yeah. and grabs some punch, and then he he doesn't see her. She's like, where the hell is this girl? <laughs> All right, and then... He eventually sees her. Um, mm-hmm. Well, he basically runs into one of his friends, saying like, "Hey, I found your uh, your girl back there, like making out with a uh, Cooper." And he's all like, yep. "What the hell?" So we see Mary Lou and Cooper. Mary Lou's like swinging some liquor in a little flask. Cooper's asking like, "You know, you know, you know, why 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 are you doing this with me now?" She's like, "Well, you know, Billy, he treats me right and stuff, but I'm just with him because his parents are rich." All right. Yes, and then yeah, he's like, Cooper. "Yes," um, and then he's all like, "So, like, you know, this this makes you want to be with me now?" She's like, "Yes, I want to be with you because of the." Basically, he grabs his his dick, all right? Yeah, because I want to be with you because of this. And then Billy sees it and he starts talking back. You know, basically, Mary doesn't care. She's kind of like one of those rebel girls. She doesn't care. And then the Cooper's like saying, "Like, hey, she's with me now. The closer you're gonna get to your, to her, shaking my hand." What a Oof. what a nineteen fifty seven fucking diss. I was like, <laughs> fuck. I was like, this guy said the closer you're gonna get to her is shaking my hand, bitch. I was like, damn. <laughs> my fucking parents, bro, they were crazy back in the day. These uh, sick yeah. burns that yeah, they do. Sick sick burns. <laughs> so they go back on the um, the um the floor, Mary and, and Cooper does. And they're like drinking, and they're basically waiting for who's going to be announced as the uh, the prom queen. And mm-hmm. Billy comes back. He's like, "Hey, you know what the hell? You came with me." And this is when we get the line that the only line that reminded me of prom night one was, "It's not who you came with; it's who you're going to leave with, or go home yeah. with." And then see you later, alligator. And she, you know, knocks his hand over and pours the drink on his shirt. So then we see these kids making a stink bomb. Right in in the fucking stall, and they were about to like get it all ready, but the principal came in, so they decided to hide the stink bomb in the trash can. And while this is happening, Billy is like getting the stain off his shirt, and the prince. And then he, and then the principal is like, "Hey, you know, are you enjoying the prom?" And the Bill's like, "Not so much. How about you?" And then this guy was all like, "That rock and roll music's too loud. That shit won't last." Yeah, I hate rock and roll. Yeah. Little does he know, brother. Little did he know. <laughs> yeah, so Billy's like uh uh he, he he can relate to the principal, which is always a bad uh that's always a bad sign, right? Yeah. Well, you know, it makes sense for what his character became, so Well true. And now that's a good point. So now they announced the prom queen, nineteen fifty seven, and it's not only is not only it's it's none none other than Mary Lou. Of course. All right, she is now, uh, well, her full name is Mary Lou Melanie, but they mostly just call her Mary Lou throughout the whole film. But she has won the prom queen. So now Billy, he grabs that stink bomb, right? And now he's just like, fuck this bitch. All right, this guy said he's going to shake my hand. This girl poured a drink on me. I'm going to get my revenge. All right, so he climbs up the, so they're on a stage, right? And he climbs up the, uh, the lift. To get on stage. Yeah. And while she's like, like on there and everything. Yeah, scaffold, yes. Ooh. Scaffold, huh? 
Okay. Mm. We we know where the scaffold matches come from now, brother. We uh-huh. do from this movie. Yes. So they go up there and he lights the little a stink bomb and he throws it and then this fucking thing catches her dress on fire. Okay. Yes. And it doesn't guess, even go uh, off. It just catches her on, <laughs> no. on fire. No. I, I guess that uh, uh, clothes were much less safe in 1957. Bro, that's what I'm there. saying. Like, is this girl like, yeah, what the hell was she up, wearing? Like, yeah. It just went up. <laughs> like, it was soaked in gasoline. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> and not only this... Did we not have like fire extinguishers in 1957? Is that like a old? Is that like not invented yet? Because know, maybe not. Everybody maybe was just like staring at her. Required. They're all just staring at her. Like fuck. Okay, she's burning up. I mean, fuck. We don't got like. <laughs> can we pour water on this girl? No, we're just gonna stare at her and burn up. And then Bill's like, "Well, fuck. So I'm gonna get the ambulance or shit." And then he's, <laughs> he's burning and everything. Everybody just keeps watching her. Like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> So eventually, wow. when she's burning up and stuff, she g- gives a death scare- stare to Billy. All right, and yeah. then like, so like this movie, you know, so normally in movies they'll cut the scene. They'll be like, okay, now we're in nineteen eighty-seven, or now we're in two thousand, whatever. This movie, no, we just cut the scene and like they transition yeah. it to some White House. Yeah, it doesn't ever tell us where we are. Yeah, so we're just here. We just assume. Yeah. Know? We're just here. like I have no idea if it's still the fifties. I have no idea who this blonde girl is. It just let's just let's just move on. We're just moving forward, okay? Now I will give them credit. They did have the suitcase closed, okay? Like yes. the suitcase thing closed, all right. But it's still, like we didn't have like usually they have like a little title of what's going on. So we see our character Vicky. She's our main girl of the film, blonde-haired, eighties teen. She mm-hmm. is getting ready for her prom. Okay, and the big thing with her character is she wants a new dress. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this is when we get our Carrie scene of the mom being over-religious. So, you know, the daughter can't have any makeup on. She can't have a lot of nice things. She she's, has to pray every minute. She's so religious, she can't even get a new yes. dress. Because apparently though, Jesus doesn't like new dresses. Yeah. Even though the, the mom from the Carrie is way crazier. All right, <laughs> that's for sure. So, well, that's true, yes. Yeah. So the big thing was Vicky is dating this guy named Craig, no relations, mm-hmm. and he, no. even though I liked his motorcycle, and he has a motorcycle, all right, and he he's gonna be taking Vicky to the prom, and the dad's kind of like one, like the dad's, you know, it's like a good cop, bad cop with the with the fucking uh, parents. The dad's nice, the mom's the bitch. So the dad's like, oh yeah, I'll give you some money, go get a dress. Mom's like, she don't need no dress, all right. She, the green one's perfectly fine. Remember, I co-signed the checks too. Mm-hmm. All right, and then and then the motor, then the Craig comes on the motorcycle. Mom makes fun of the motorcycle, saying, "Oh, he's gonna take you on that motorcycle, or you guys could take the bus to the prom." It's like, damn, girl, vicious. Damn. All right, so then, so then uh, uh, Vicky leaves, and and the, and the dad's all like, "Oh, the mom's like, I can't believe she's falling for dudes with motorcycles." The dad's like, "Well, it's just young love. Uh, you remember that?" And I guess not. It's like, damn, everybody's nope. vicious in this movie. She does not remember Young Love. Yes. So, Craig, you know, so now we got Craig and, and Vicky. They're at the Jenny's Diner. Allison, you ever been to Jenny's Diner? Not Jenny's Diner, but I have been to many diners, and I really like diners. diners Me too. Diners are the, one of the best places to eat, I think. I like the retro diners, too, to make them look more 50s yeah. and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, and you can get all cool. kinds of different kinds of fried foods. It's great. Exactly. Fine. We need more diners out there. All right. Absolutely. Yeah, Denny's can't be the only diner out there. I think more cities need, more towns need local diners. Yeah, 
Like retro Bring back diners, the diners and shit. Bring back the diners, brother. So the big gimmick here was uh, Craig. He was pouring a bunch of sugar in his coffee, and Vicky's like, "Oh, that shit will kill you." Hint, hint for later on in the film, brother. So Craig gives her a necklace, which is like a cross necklace. Because remember, like you know, so Vicky, you know, like she's not she, she's growing up in a religious household. And you can tell that she's not like overly religious, but she can tell that she doesn't hate religion. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, her mom is just crazy. Like, yeah. she, her mom is not religious; she's insane. Yes. Like, there's a difference. <laughs> so you know, Vicky is just like a regular religious person, I guess you could say, and her mom is just fucking crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So like, you know, I, we don't we don't like explore that too much. We're just showing that the no, mom is crazy religious, not. and then Vicky, she's just trying to be a normal teen, but she has to, she has to. Her mom, you know, they all know the mom is very like crazy in a way. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't even really have much to do with the movie's plot, really. Yeah, I mean, a little bit, but not not too much. A little bit. So, yeah. So now we're finally in the school, and we see one of our characters, Josh. Who kind of remind me of some guy you see all weird science? So <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Like yeah. he's just like the, he's kind of like the 1980s uh, science kid. Yeah, it's kind of like the, uh, the, uh, the 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 smart character in the film. You know what I mean? He's kind of like the the nerd yes. tech guy in the film, even though he does mm. something great towards the, towards the middle of the film, which is like I didn't see that coming at all. But we'll get there. <laughs> so. <laughs> So his gimmick is, I guess they're doing like a project and he was trying to make this potato be like a light. And we see, uh, yeah. And so now we see Vicky talking to her friend, uh, Monica, and they're just doing some more, you know, drama, like saying Monica doesn't have a date for the prom and that she should ask out Josh. Obviously they both like each other, but she's like saying, I don't know. Then this nerd tries to ask her out and she's like, go fuck off. And then she's like, I don't know why guys are not asking me out. <laughs> I love this. I love that. Like, uh-huh. Where he's like, "Hey, would you like to go to the prom?" She's like, "Fuck off!" Yeah, and fuck then off. she's immediately like, "I have yeah. no." She's like, "Fuck off!" And she's like, I, "He's like, I have, I have." Immediately says, "I have no idea why people don't ask me out." Yeah, like I don't know. Maybe it's because you're a raging bitch. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. And the uh, the teacher is named Mr. Craven, so we know where that came nice. from. So Craig goes to meet the principal, and apparently the principal is his dad. And we find out that his dad is Billy from yeah. the 19... 19- played by Michael... Yeah. yeah. Played by Michael Ironsides. Yes. Who did he ever beat? A lot of people. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Well, name one. Name one? Oh, Man, what? Michael Ironside is a, an incredible actor. He's beaten a lot of people. Let's see. I bet he... Who yeah. has he beaten? What, what's, what other films has he been in? He was in Space Hunter: Adventures in the Forbidden Zone, where he played Overdog. I got you. He uh, he was in uh, Top Gun. He played Jester. Oh, okay. So he was the. Uh, well, now I think about it, he kind of got beaten all these movies, <laughs> but, but Jester <laughs> was the. He was the. Uh, um, he was a pilot, but he was like the, the head of Top Gun or whatever the one. He was the one that Tom Cruise always pissed off. I got you. But he was the one that beat uh, Tom Cruise. Uh, in uh, at, at the beginning, so I guess he beat Tom Cruise. Is it? Uh, that's not. That's that's not nothing. So I'm about to blow your mind. I actually have never seen Tom Gun. What? Get the fuck out of here! 
All right, we're going to do a lights out on Top Gun. You have got to see this movie. This is one of the best 80s movies ever. That's what I've heard. I just, you know, I know it has Val Kimmer in it and shit like that, but i just never yeah. seen it. Yeah, I so. mean, and, you know, it's like the, I mean, well, I mean, there's a lot of movies I've never seen that people are shocked at. Like, yeah. I've never seen A Christmas Story, for example. Um, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's like, man, it's, that movie's great. It's like the typical Tom Cruise movie. Like, every Tom Cruise movie is the same, right? It's yeah. like. Tom Cruise is a guy who's What's really good at something. Yeah. You know, in this movie he's really good at flying planes and then he has a he his confidence gets shaken and he's not good at flying planes and then like he meets a girl who gives him confidence again and then he becomes good at flying planes. Like every Tom Cruise movie is the same like that. But th- it's kind of <laughs> like much. That. Maybe that's what started it. So <laughs> All right, so basically, Craig, he, he he's he's beating his dad. His dad's all acting like he didn't eat no food, even though we just saw his ass at the diner. All right, and right. then and then the dad's like, "Okay, oh, hey, uh, so Craig wants to talk about his future, basically, saying like, you know, about college." And dad's like, "Oh yeah, I got your papers in here for college and everything." Craig's like, "Listen, man, I want to go to college. I want to go a year. We're not working." His dad's like, well, "What the fuck? What makes you what makes you feel like you're old enough to make those decisions?" Uh-huh. <laughs> like getting a job. Yeah, get it. He's like, "Yeah, he's like going to college. That's what we got to do, brother." He's like, "He's like, man, I'm old enough to make it. You know." I just don't want to go to college. I just want to work for a year and see how that goes. And and the the, the Billy's like, you know, I just don't want you to throw away your life. He's like, I'm not throwing away my life. I'm just juggling it for a little bit. And I was like, fuck, how come yeah. I didn't know that line uh, when I was his age? That was a great line. That was pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty good. But um, but yeah, um, I feel like Billy is uh reasonable. Like he's a reasonable parent. Yeah. You know, of course, we just saw Vicky's parents, so anything sounds reasonable compared to her mom. But yeah, pretty much. Um, one one thing I thought was kind of cool about this was they did a really good job of making Michael Ironsides, Michael Ironside, and the guy that played the young version of his character, yeah, um, look like each other. Yeah, they did, they actually did a really good job on that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because yeah. he he yeah he did definitely look like the older version of this uh, yeah. of his younger self. Yeah. So this is when we see Vicky. She is now talking to one of her friends, Jess. And Jess, this this is the girl who's like, okay, this girl is like, bro. When I saw her coming down the stairs, I was like, this is this is Eddie's personified, fucking huge ass hair. Like she looked <laughs> she like the, looks... she looked like the main singer of White Snake. I mean, this girl had like the she... exact same outfit he was wearing. Okay, like holy shit. I was shit. thinking she looked like Robert Smith from The Cure. Yes, same same you know, there with too. The big black teased up hair. Like she's like the goth girl. Bro, how did she get her hair that high up? Okay, that's I don't know. Like I never like I mean there's I mean I'm sure girls can tell us that, but yes. like how did how does how does Robert Smith do it? Like I don't know. I guess they just hold it out and like s- just spray hairspray all over it. I don't know. I don't know how they did that. Oh, I've that never thing had was hair like gigantic, and, uh, brother. Yeah, it was huge. Holy like it was like shit. straight up. Like I don't even know how she would get in a car. I have no idea. Like without hitting her roof. But like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they did that. But I mean, like all that, like, yeah. like or why they thought that looked like looked good. Well, I mean, that was, I, like, I don't know. They they all had the big <laughs> hair, but I don't mind the big hair look. It just some of it's just like, whoa, okay, wow, here we go. All right. So her big thing was she, her and Vicky are friends and everything, and she gives Vicky the idea to look in the prop closet for a dress. Okay, and I got yes. some couple. I have a couple of questions to ask you about this prop closet coming up pretty soon. Okay. All so, right. so now Jesse, now she has to go to the doctor for a checkup, and she can see that she's a worried face. I, automatically, I knew where this was going when she had that worried face about doing yeah. a doctor checkup. So she leaves mm. and stuff. 
And then now we have Vicky. She's going to the prop closet, but then she makes her she meets her prom queen rival, Kelly. Yes. So Kelly. Kelly's big gimmick is she wants to win prom queen no matter what. All right. And apparently she does a 1987's joke about her dress is going to be as good as Liz Taylor. And Vicky rolls her eyes. So we do like a Liz Taylor joke over here, brother. <laughs> All right. So I guess, I mean, you That's know, I mean, Elizabeth right Taylor is a famous actress. That's so good. I would imagine that a lot of people would know who she was in 1987. Yeah. Although that's kind of weird. It's like a sick it's a burn. Of, that's mean, what it was. Okay. Sick burn. <laughs> that Allison, I'm going to be dressed better than Liz Taylor on your ass. All right. The, I love the little lines I find. I, I think they're so that's, hilarious. That's, that's going to be like a runny joke uh, with us now. So Vicky, okay. So let me, okay. Let me get this straight. Okay. I know we're going to dig a little deep into what's going on. So, so Vicky, she goes to the prop closet. That is where our magic suitcase was at the uh, beginning of this yeah. film. Right. So you're telling me that this character, Mary Lou, mm-hmm. she, she burned up in a fire, right? She did. Okay. She's dead in the fire at, at mm-hmm. prom. And we find out later that she does have a grave. But all her prom stuff that still survived, we, what we did was we, 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 we put it in a suitcase. And we locked it up, brother. Uh, all yeah. right. How did it not all get burned up? Well, so her 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 prom queen crown fell off, okay. Okay. But I'm not really sure how her her uh, you know, the thing that says prom queen 1957 that survived. Yeah. How did how did that survive? So that's yeah. made of a best asbestos or something. I guess that's yes. like yeah, that's burn. the one thing that she was wearing that uh, yeah. was flame retarded. Exactly. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so since we had these two items, now her evil spirit is now possessed in the suitcase. And it kind of mm-hmm. looked like Billy knew about it, and he kept that suitcase underneath the prop, the prop section of all places to keep it at, where people try on shit and open shit all the time. We're gonna keep it there. Gotcha. So you think Billy knew that her spirit was in there? Well, he looked really suspicious when that shit was opening. Oh, okay. So anyway, so Vic is there. She finds a blue dress, and then she sees the the prop case, and she fucking gets that shit open. And then right, right when she cracks it open with like a sword, <laughs> like the- <laughs> she found a sword. That's this this prop closet. I mean, I understand like why it's there, like because you know, like I don't know if they still do, but high schools used to do plays, so this was just like yeah. their collection of props. But like, it has like a bunch of weird ass shit in it. Like, it's got swords. It's got possessed like yeah, possessed sashes suitcase, yeah. and 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 crowns. It's got a like a what do you call that thing? Like the mummies were in. Yeah. That's in it. Why, Cop- why, oh yeah. Why is that in there? Oh yeah, that coffin thing. Yeah. <laughs> see that at the end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so now we're now yeah, after yeah, she yeah. Op- now after she opens up the suitcase, we get a flashback, brother. This is when we find out that Billy is the the younger guy who was getting who killed Mary Lou, and yes. then we see that his picture of his classmates it, it starts to shatter, and it's on the uh, Mary Lou, and he looks at it like, oh and shit, I- something's going on here. And I'm assuming they don't know that Billy killed Mary Lou. No, I so no, the town doesn't know. The only people that we find out that know is going to be Billy and it's going to be Cooper. So we'll find we'll, okay. we'll explain that why here in a little bit. So the right. suitcase closes, okay? And now Billy he's driving by the church and he sees a priest there. And he looks at him, he drives away. 
And the priest says, Billy. So we know that we know that the priest is different from the priest in the, the 50s. So it's well, of course. So we find out that the priest is actually gonna be Cooper, who 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 mm-hmm. was the guy messing around with Mary Lou during that prom. Yeah. So now we have all the girls here. We have like Monica, we got the Kelly, we all have the girls here. They're all discussing a little bit about Mary Lou's death in 1957. And they're all talking about all the uh, the props that they found from her. And we could see that the one of the, the, the girl with the crazy hair, Jess, yeah. she's all like bothered by everything. You know, she's like, yeah, whatever. And then she eventually the Kelly starts talking, uh, you know, about like, how she's going to be winning prom queen. And she says, that's a bad omen if you put on this dead girl's dress. And then Jesse says, uh-huh. you think? whatever, and she leaves. And they're all like, what the hell? What's wrong with her? So now we actually get like a serious plot line in our story, which I didn't see coming. But a lot of this was kind of, this, this whole section to me was like a little weird. But I thought, you know, for the times, I thought it was a pretty good story to tell, but it was just weird how it ended. So, you know, Vicky, yeah. she goes into the restroom and she hears Jess crying. And Jess is crying because she, basically what happened was she met a boy. I Her and her boy, she thought she was in love with this boy. They had sex maybe once or twice and he just vanished. He didn't call her. He just vanished out the face oh. of the earth. And that boy got her pregnant. Yeah. And now Back she's then like, you didn't have Facebook to track anybody. Exactly. No app. Yeah. You couldn't track this guy at all. You know, just a landline and shit. And she's nervous now because, you know, obviously she's a, she's a she's a senior in high school, okay, and she's pregnant, and now she mm-hmm. feels like her her life's ruined. And you know, this is real real stuff here. You know, I, I liked how they added this part in. You know, it's real drama going on here. You know, real teenager yeah. stuff. You know, which is cool about some of these. Um, you know, we filmed like you know, especially in this time. You know. I, I feel like since, you know, Halloween was a big success and, you know, Friday the 13th and, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, we got a little bit more realistic plot lines coming on, you know what I mean, to some of these characters, not just like a bunch of jump, mumbo jumbo, you know, plot lines. Yeah. Yeah. I like the like the teenage. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense, though, right? Because you have uh, real teenage thing, things that teenagers can relate to. And, yes. and teenagers could relate to getting pregnant in high school. For yes. Sure. So, you know, she just really didn't know what to do. But then, this totally caught me. Like, I thought we were going to explore this some more of, like, maybe her being, like, pregnant and how she's going to figure it out. No. (laughs) We just fucking cut. She's all alone. Jess is all alone at the school by herself. The fucking janitor leaves. She's like, lock up when you leave. We have Jess just trying on Mary Lou's clothes that they kept. Even though everything was uh, burnt, but I guess not. So, she's trying all this stuff. Go ahead. She's trying on a lot of different things. She's trying on like a cape and yeah. like I, I assume that they were just other props that they had. And some of them happened to be Mary Lou's things. Yeah. So why she's trying on some stuff, you know, we could see some things happening around the area that she's in. She's kind of like in the art section of the school. So she tries on the, uh, the prom, uh, gimmick, the crown, and then she eventually pops it open. And then the, the, cape that she was wearing becomes a deadly weapon and starts to fucking choke her uh it, it teases yeah. it teases that they're gonna chop her head off with one of those fucking shredders but it doesn't it just hangs her you know and i thought they were gonna hang her and stuff on there and then leave her and then they'll find her on the, in the room the next day but no 
It fucking hanged mm-hmm. her shit, and then they just threw her out the fucking window. Yes, which was a cool effect. I think uh-huh. I thought that looked cool, but but yeah, you're right. Having her like having them find her like hanging from the ceiling or whatever would have been a great uh, great. Scene. Yeah, it would have been a little bit more. Like, I, I, they probably they probably didn't do that because it would look a little bit more like a real. This is a little crazy suicide, but I thought that I thought that part would have like been a little bit better than just throwing out the fucking window. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So now the uh, the priest Cooper he has some sort of like shrine to Mary Lou, and that shrine basically like falls down and shit. So we see that they have a connection somehow. Well, we see actually too. We actually see that the the, the priest is Cooper and stuff because we see a little flashback with him trying to rescue Mary Lou. That he was the uh, he was the man that Mary Lou was a. Uh, flirting with yeah yeah we know that at this point in the movie yes so now craig and vicky they arrive back at the school and monica basically says that jess uh killed herself last night so then we get to the funeral section of the film and this priest was basically saying we got to deal with all the violence in the streets the movies and all and all of our television sets damn 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 violence damn violence so now, uh, Vicky, she after she was done with the funeral, she goes and visits Mary Lou's grave. And she's kind of looking, looking like a little fishy, like, what's going on over here? So, <laughs> so Kelly and I put a young Fabio. Did you see this dude? <laughs> the fucking guy yeah. with the blonde hair. I was like, bro, what? I was like, what? Fabio, what the hell is he doing on here? This guy's name is David. So we have David. Kelly and young Fabio David. They're putting up flyers for, you know, Kelly to win the prom queen. And eventually they put like a flyer like on this case and stuff. And uh, Kelly starts making some bad jokes about like, well, I guess the uh, competition is winning down. You all just take a note out of Jess's book. And then you never heard Vicky so pissed off. You shut your fucking mouth, you fucking bitch. I was like, damn, okay, <laughs> fuck. Wow. And then okay. Billy looks on and he leaves. And then Vicky's like, Billy? So we can kind of see, like, you know, very slowly something's happening with this Vicky character. So now we have Josh and Monica flirts. I mean, these people look 80s. For, boy. All right. And they're flirting. So I actually kind of like our boy Josh's uh, game over here. So he's basically like, listen. What, what, I mean, I, 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 honestly, we should have done this with our prom. I go up to a random girl. I was like, listen, we don't have to go to the prom together. What we'll do is we'll just show up, right? Like, we'll just show up together. And if we're just hanging out, like, it's not like we're officially going together. Okay. And yeah, we'll just show up at the same time. Yeah. And then she's like, well, what if we kiss? You know, might be, people might like suspect stuff. It's like, well, what we should do is we should kiss right now and just get it out of the way. So, like, it'll be fine. And then they start kissing. And I was like, fuck, that worked. I was like, sweet. <laughs> and then he's all like, it's all, it's all like, well, you know, is there anything else you want to get out of the way? I was like, yes. That's my boy with the last line there. I liked it. So now, uh, the, the now they're like in the cafeteria. Okay. And mm-hmm. Vicky's in the cafeteria, and she's about to get some food. And this is the, the first thing I was like, okay, well, I mean, she basically just goes to dreamland. Okay, like this nightmare, nightmare on Elm Street. Like, it looked exactly like it. Like, it looked exactly like how they would transition into it. And look, it's filmed yes. exactly like it. You know, we had the, the, we see the normal time. And then we see it in, like, the, the dream sequence. Where, like, we had, like, the old, 
you know, cafeteria lady. She's putting on worms on the plate. We see a dead head yeah. pop up. I was like, fuck, okay. Yeah, so this looked, ex- yeah, you're right. This looked exactly like a nominal yeah. street scene. So then, she, you know, Vicky freaks out when she sees out. She runs away. She runs into, like, she tries to drink some water. It's just mud. Same thing. It looks just like fucking Nightmare on Elm Street. Then we got some, like, 80s dude. Okay? He looks like he was, like, part of, like, Depeche Mode or something. Like, fucking walk up to fucking Vicky saying, I love you, Mary Lou, and tries to grab her and shit. So she gets away. She goes past, she goes past Kelly, and it gives her a weird look. So we're starting to see that while Vicky is in the school, she's having some dream sequence of the ultimate universe that Mary Lou came from, I guess. So now I guess we're, so. yes. So we're back. Vicky's back home now. She's at the dinner table. Um, she's having a little conversation and she's having a little bit more attitude than, than normal. So the mom's like, Hey, you know, your envelope came in for your, uh, for your school. And she's like, Oh, I see you just opened it. She's like, excuse me. So then this is when Vicky is saying like, listen, I don't want to go to school too. You know, I just want to work for a year and stuff. That's what Craig's doing. She's like, well, don't be listening to that Craig guy and shit. You know what I mean? You got to be doing, while you're under this house, you're going to follow my rules. And she's like, well, maybe I won't be under this house. And then she like leaves. Her. Then she leaves to go upstairs. So... So I was like, okay, good. You know, she's, you know, standing up for herself. You got to do that sometimes with these crazy parents. So then this is when we see her uh, putting on some lipstick. And I guess, you know, lipstick is bad when you're like in a religious family. So she takes it off really Evil. quick and she's like figuring out like, you know, what's kind of going on. Like she's, fig- she, she's noticed that there's some changes going on with her. Okay. This is when we get the whole uh, Josh and Monica kissing lines that I said earlier. Which I got my boy. He's trying to get some good pickup lines. So now, now we're at we're back in the school, and all the girls and the guys are playing volleyball. Were you a big volleyball guy, Allison, in the school? Uh, was I a bit? I was not a big volleyball guy, but I did enjoy volleyball somewhat. I thought it was a fun, uh, fun, fun game to play. Our boy Fabio was going crazy on it. Fabio loves volleyball, yes. Uh-huh. So now it's the girls' turn to serve, and Monica's asking for Kelly to give the ball over to, to, to Vicky. It's her turn, and the fucking Kelly just like fucking throws that ball hard as shit at her head. Mm-hmm. All right, so Kelly, like, I mean, Vicky like, passes out. And then when she's doing that, she goes back to the dream sequence, and now all, these, all the kids are like zombie creatures saying Mary Lou. And then she wakes up, she screams Mary Lou, and Billy looks on worried. And then he goes to the prop room. Okay, Billy does. And he looks at the secret case he was trying to hide from everybody by putting in the prop room. And he tries to open it. He's like, oh shit, it's been released. Uh oh. That's what I got out of the film. I could you know I could be wrong, but that's what I got out of it. Like he knew that the prop case was there. Cause he went he went there to go find but I was just thinking, okay, so you knew something was going on with this prop case. Why, yeah. Or this case. Why the hell did you hide it in the prop room? Why didn't you just take it home with you or some shit? Or try to destroy it or something. Maybe well, okay, mm. so maybe maybe he didn't want it at his house because he was either knew that her spirit was in it or he was afraid that it was. Yeah. Um, but you know, and then or maybe he did have it at his house for a while and then 
you know, he uh, he becomes a principal and he's like, I'm just going to hide it here in the school. I'm going to hide it here in the prop room. Nobody will ever look for it here. Yeah. In the prop room where we use props all the time. Thank you. <laughs> so Craig, Craig brings uh, Vicky home. Mom's freaking out because she got the news of her fainting at school. All right. And, uh, you know, uh, she said, like, you know, like it, it was okay. I, she's feeling better now. And... She's not like, you know, I don't, she said like, I might have just had like the flu or something. I'm just feeling a little weird. And she goes back inside. Of course, the mom wants her to pray. They're going to go visit the priest here soon. So she could talk about all of her sins. The dad tries to invite Craig for dinner. Mom's like, no, she don't need no people. He don't need him here. She doesn't, she doesn't need any company. Yeah. So now we have, now we're back. We see, um, Vicky talking to the priest, same old shit. You know, I've been sinful. I've had sinful thoughts. About my boyfriend, my, my I've been angry to my mom, you know all that crap you got to do when you're doing confessionals. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's also now she's also saying like you know I'm also having like these weird images too of like this this Mary Lou, and principal like oh, 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 you know uh, the mind could be very you know the mind could be very convincing of this stuff. She's like no it's it's not my mind. It's like I I really see these images all the time. Something weird's happening at the school. And then, you know, Cooper's like, okay, well, what I'll do is I'll make you, like, uh, the repent for your sins. I'll make you some rosary so you can keep all that shit. So now we're back at Billy. Billy's, like, burning old pictures, okay, of him mm-hmm. and of him and Mary Lou, I guess. I, he's just now doing this, I guess. So, uh, so now Craig is, like, saying, hey, dinner's ready and stuff. And he's kind of looking at his dad a little weird. So, so now Vicky is, she's getting, she's getting ready. Like she's like in her room now and stuff. And she has a drawing of her and she, she drops the, the pen and brings it back up. Now it's a picture of Mary Lou. And we also see a creepy horse and the creepy horse starts to come to life. And like, this is like yeah, another, yep. but all these scenes were just remind me of like, Hey, this would have been Freddie. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was very nightmare. Nostry, especially with the horse's tongue yeah. later on. And then, like the eyes start closing and opening, that was pretty freaking creepy. Yeah, now it, like, it, it worked. It for, was. It worked for the movie. It just like you could tell yeah. where they got their influence by it a lot. Yeah, for sure. So now, now the the, the blanket is like kind of like holding her tight, and she's like, "Don't come in here. This is my room. This is my room." She freaks out. She eventually throws a radio at it, and the parents come in and say, "What's going on?" She's like, "Oh, sorry, I just dropped the radio." So now we're at nighttime. Okay, and Vicky goes all the way to Mary, uh, Mary Lou's grave, and she runs into Father Cooper, and he wants her to like say like, "What are you doing out here? It's cold out here," and she's saying like, "No, there's something weird going on in my school with this Mary Lou." All right, she, and he's like, she's like, "Do you believe in ghosts?" And then like, Cooper's like, "Well, the mind could kind of play tricks on you." And I was like, "No, he's like, no, there's no tricks. This is Mary Lou. She's coming back, and there's some weird thing going on." And then she leaves. And then we see we're back at the church and Cooper's doing some sort of ritual. All right. And he kept saying, The body of Christ compels you over and over again. Which is straight out of The Exorcist. Yes. Although it's the power, in, in The Exorcist, is the power of Christ compels you. But yes. Yeah. This one's the body Obviously, of Christ. That's where they got so we don't get sued. Yes. Okay. Slightly different. Yeah. So he goes to the, the, the Mary Lou's grave, started to put a Bible in there, and the Bible blows up. So now. Now Cooper knows what's like. This is something's going on over here. So Craig's working on his bike, 
Cooper comes up behind him, gives it a wrench, and he goes to see Billy. And uh, the reason Craig was looking weird because he said, God damn, in front of uh, Cooper. <laughs> so, so now Cooper and Billy, they're having a little talk. Obviously, they probably haven't talked since that accident happened in the 50s. They drink some scotch together. Mm-hmm. And then I like I kind of like this line that Billy does. He's all like, "He's like, aren't you on duty?" And and then uh, Priest was like, "I'm not a cop. I'm not a cop." And Billy's like, "Well, what are you then?" <laughs> like, which is kind of odd. Yeah. Like, did he expect her to be a cop? I don't know. I don't know. What what a weird. Well, I maybe, thought that was a weird line. No, I guess Billy didn't think that um, Cooper like drank any because he's like a priest. Well, maybe, but priests drink, though. I mean, like, that's something that's different from, at least from, like, what I've seen from, like, Protestants and difference between, like, Protestants and Catholics is, like, you know, like, Protestants are all, like, are, you know, no drinking, no drugs, no sex, no nothing like that. And, but, I've, but I mean, I've been, I've met a lot of priests that do drink some and are, like, actually act like regular people. Whereas, like, most, like, you know, what we would call, like, you know, pastors or whatever, or just, you know, better than everybody else kind of thing. It, you know, that's what, that's kind of what I get out of all that. Um, but yeah, I mean, like there's a lot of like, you know, in the exorcist, like he would meet up with the priest for a drink and in Amityville, like that's, that's like a part of that. So I think that that's like a common, a fairly common thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Cooper basically says that, you know, we're, we're in trouble. You know, the, this, this Mary Lou shit is, uh, you know, people are gonna, you know, find out about it and stuff. Like something's happening. And Bill's like, kind of blows off. Like, listen, there's nothing going on with Mary Lou. We were like different people back then. It was another life and stuff. And then he was like, I was like, so during this, this is the scene where, like, if you look closely up on the top, you can see the boom mic come out. Yes. And so Cooper tells him, like, listen, Billy, Mary Lou is is, is here. All right. Like, she's going to possess your body and make you kill some people. I'm fine, though. I'm a priest, so don't worry about me. But you, you're fucked. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Billy like, basically just blows them off, saying, like, no, no, no. Like, it's not going to happen. This stuff is not real. And Cooper gets, like, he just gets angry and he just leaves. So now we have uh, uh, Vicky. She, um, she's, like, leaving the house right now. And she comes up to Greg on the bike, and then, you know, Craig is basically saying, like, oh, you know, it looks like you look, kind of look like shit. She's like, yeah, I haven't slept for a little bit. There's just some weird stuff going on. And she can't really explain, you know, what's happening to her and stuff. She's just, like, can't sleep, and, you know, she uh, just, just can't do anything. And she's also afraid that, like, something's going to control her and that, that she might hurt somebody, and she could even hurt him. So she's just very worried right now. So we're going back to the school. We see some punk rock dude out of nowhere. So, and then we have yes, Kelly. Right. Yes, Kelly is now. All right. So uh, now we're back at the school. All right. And Kelly wants to talk to Josh. And Josh has like his own like 1980s uh, film room or something. I guess. Where he works yes. on the computer. Yeah. Somehow he like, has I his own. That, yeah, I guess that like I don't know, maybe that's like a really advanced thing for the eighties. Like, you know, there people were starting to get into computer science and we're starting to realize that computers were important. 
and um i kind of took it like the computer was kind of in the uh photography room like a lot of schools at that time would have a photography class yeah i, I believe and, it was uh, maybe yeah and maybe his computer oh. is just in the f- f- uh, photography room yeah but he's like the only one that does everything apparently there's no other students yeah. that care about it just him so well, yeah i mean that would have been really rare yeah so so at this time so kelly she wants to fix the voting Okay, another, I guess it's another thing from prom night one about fixing the voting of who's going to win. Or actually, no, that was from Carrie. Carrie is the one that did the uh, fixing the voting. So she's like, okay, I got a hundred bucks over here. Can you do it? He's like, ah, that's a, that's a little bit too much to, to fix this kind of voting. You know, I'm not really going to do that. She's like, okay, what about 200? He's like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that either for, for that much. She was like, okay, well, name your price then. And then you like write something down on the computer. And she looks at it. She's like, she's just like so angry and shit that she leaves. All right. And I thought it was just like a big money, but boy, we'll find out what that is later. So then, um, then he goes, grabs like a beer and stuff. And he's like, you know, he says to Einstein's picture, life's a joke. Then you croak. So now Kelly, she is talking trash about all the prom queens and stuff now. Like, this girl, that, that's her main character. She just wants to be this prom queen no matter what. So now, because they're back in the classroom, and Monica brought her old dad's um, yearbook. And I, we, could, we couldn't do this, like, you know, we couldn't do this during, like, you know, break time or anything. We had to look at the yearbook right now in class. So she talk, she sees the, the yearbook, and she starts talking to Mary Lou's picture, and then eventually, Kelly turns into Mary Lou, and, and then uh, Vicky slaps her. Okay. <coughs> and then, um, and then basically from doing that, she got detention. All right. And then now we have like um, Josh and Monica, and we have Craig outside saying like, "Oh man, she she really slapped that Kelly, huh?" She's like, "Yeah, you're like you know, mm. Vicky's been acting a little different lately." And this is when Josh brings up the whole possession thing. It's like, oh, yeah, she could just be possessed. You know, he's trying to make it a, like, you know, just a joke, but obviously that's what's she happening. She could just be possessed. So this is when we get the cool scene of um, Vicky. She's in the, the classroom, and this is straight out of Nightmare on Elm Street 2, where the chalkboard is being written on, saying, help me. Mm-hmm. She looks at it, and eventually she gets grabbed, and this is when we get the scene of her of, that costs $2,000 every hour of her getting grabbed inside the chalkboard and being... Wow. Um, suckered in to the water-like chalkboard and it brings her all the way back to the prop room in the suitcase and now she is in full Mary Lou mode now. Oh, you're totally possessed at this point. Yes. So, and she was like a little bit, little naked. Not fully naked yet. So now we have Father Cooper. He's praying. All right, and somebody came in, so he's going back to the booth. So, so now he's uh, he's he's in the booth, and this girl comes in, which we could tell is Vicky, and she's like, "Father, I've sinned. You know, I have I've had naughty thoughts and sins about sex, uh, about hurting people, and I'm not really sure what's happening to me." All right, and uh, you know, he's just saying like, you know, everything will be okay. We'll just pray about it, some of that stuff, and. And then she's asked, basically saying, like, you know, are you going to help me? And, so, and then she's, she said, 
but will you fuck me? And he's like, what? He's like, yeah, will you fuck me nuts? All right, remember, it's a big free country. That was the same line that she did when she grabbed his nuts. And then Cooper's like, oh, shit. And then he starts attacking him and stuff in the booth. And now you can tell that the uh, everything that he said it was going to happen basically happened, except uh, Mary Lou possessed Vicky's body and not Bill's body. So they're attacking in the booth and everything. And this is when the possessed Vicky says, there is no God, there is no heaven. And the worst thing of all, there's no fucking wings. And then she stabs Cooper. And he's wow, now yeah. dead. So during this, so now, we, now we're back at the school. And Monica is telling um, Craig about how, like, Vicky's been dressing a little weird. And she's been acting a little weird, too. And this is when we hear that Mary Lou song. And she's walking all the way throughout the, the, the hallway. She goes past Billy. Billy gives her a little bit of a weird look. Uh, and this is when we see Kelly saying something about a fashion. No, this is when Mike is saying, like, what, what's going on with this fashion crime over here? And, you know, this is when we see Vicky's have a little more of an attitude towards Monica, like her best friend, saying she's acting a little bit like a bitch. Craig comes up to him. You know, she says, stay away from me and the Craig. And they walk off without uh, talking to Monica. And then now, uh, and they're also saying like, yeah, it's kind of weird. So they're back, now they're like creating like the whole prom room. All right. Make it his 80s mm-hmm. prom. And yeah. then the, the, the kids are talking. Like Monica and, and Craig and stuff. They're talking like, you know, she's been acting a little weird. Like, she's like, she's like talking like it's an Elvis movie. Although the line was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think uh, Josh. Yeah. I thought that was funny. And then Josh like, yeah, she's just possessed. All right. And then, uh-huh. you know, and then basically Vicky, she was trying to recreate the, her, her, her prom uh, sequence there. Like she was trying to like get him to put everything in the right position. All right. So now we have uh, Vicky and we have Monica. They're now in the dressing room locker. And Monica keeps turning out this 50s music that she keeps playing all the time. And Monica's basically saying, like, you know, you've been you've been acting kind of weird. Uh, because what happened earlier was they're in this. This is a weird scene, too. So they're, like, in the classroom, right? And I guess they're working with fire for, like, this experiment. And then... I guess so. Mm-hmm. Mr. Craven comes up to, to Vicky. And is all like, you just got to make it a little hotter. And he starts to, like, caress her back in a little bit. I was like, where did this come from? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really odd. Yeah. And she was like getting a little pissed about it. So eventually, like, the fire comes on his nuts. All right. So now Monica's blaming, like, hey, you know, what's, did you do that to uh, Mr. Craven in there? Like, what's going on here? She's like, you've been acting a little strange lately. Like, you don't see it. She's like, and Vicky keeps blowing her off, like, I'm not strange. I'm not doing anything. Everything's been fine. I feel great. She's like, no, you're, you haven't been feeling great. You know, there's a lot of weird stuff going on with you. You just can't see it. So they fight a little bit, okay? And then, then we had to do the 18 to 34 male scenes in here, brother. Mm, right. So Monica's in the shower. Mm-hmm. And we have Vicky, butt-ass naked, brother. All right? Walking up to her in the shower. And at first, I was like, bro, this is when all the 80s dudes were like, okay, let's get it going here, brother. They're in the fucking shower together. Monica's like, oh. I apologize, Vicky. Everything's okay. Vicky's like, don't worry about it. So they start hugging and shit. And then Vicky starts kissing her ass. Well, not her ass, but like her face. 
Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. And so he's kissing her all day. All you can tell all the guys at the theater are like, woo, yeah, let's get it going, brother. And then Monica's like, freaks out, like, what the hell? She like pushes her down and she runs away. And then we get a whole, I mean, this girl, Vicky, she was naked for a good like five minutes on this film. Like she was walking around the whole locker room naked, everything. Uh, Monica, she hides inside one of the lockers. You know, Vicky's walking all the way around and she eventually crushes the locker. And there goes our Monica character. On out of here, brother. Yeah. That was a cool scene. Very not middle on the street, but also yes. a cool scene. Oh, and then it's weird because like one scene we saw um Vicky butt ass naked. And then when she went to go close the locker, like crush it in, she had a towel on. So I was like, okay. Magic towel just yeah. comes on. It just appears, yeah. So now okay, so now after this, uh Craig and Vicky, they're 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 talking about how it's going to be a hot prom. This 1987 hot prom is going to be. And and then uh, she's saying, like, you know, it's like, I'm not sure if you're, uh, if you're, Craig Ray's basically saying, you know, after this, after this prom and everything, he's not sure if he's ready for the real world yet. But, you know, she's like, and then Vicky's like, okay, you're not ready for the real world. How about a fantasy? So they go up to, like, the uh, set place or something. And they start kissing stuff. And she eventually, Vicky grabs his dick and saying, like, it's like, look at this. You didn't even use this thing, huh? Do you, even, <laughs> do you even know how to use this thing? I can't say the other word she said, all right? But then eventually, like, he throws her off and stuff, and then she eventually knocks out Billy. So now, oh, she knocks off Craig, sorry. She knocks off Craig. And so now Billy's having a bad dream about Craig being wished away in a car with Vicky. And he wakes up. And then eventually Vicky shows up to where Billy was at. And now she reveals herself about who she really is behind this. This is Vicky. This is Mary Lou. All right. And she does say something like, oh, I met this Craig guy. I was very interested in seeing what he was going to do out there in the world. So now Billy's all concerned about his son. And she eventually tells him to go see you later, alligator. And then this is when we see Vicky, aka Mary, playing with the demon horse. She come, he, dad comes in. Uh, she's she's looking. She tells her how beautiful his daughter looks. Tells them tells her the story about how him and his wife met on the prom, and how he worked to get her a dress and everything. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, and then Vicky says, "I I hope I can, um, you know." be just as magical of a night as you had and then she starts kissing her dad <laughs> out of nowhere yeah this just came like to me this just came out of absolute nowhere yeah. like i understand what they're trying to yeah accomplish because it's not vicky it's mary lou exactly and she's a, a, but, a, a yeah. she stirs up shit all the time yes yeah. right so mother sees this and she just <laughs> says every you jezebel you harlot you go pray some more praying we'll get that demon out of you and she yeah. which ironically she's the only one that's accurate at this point in the movie, I know exactly but, which is funny. but but like the thing that gets me about this is she goes into the room and she sees her daughter kissing her husband or kissing you know the dad mm-hmm. and she thinks it's the girl's fault yeah i know like what the fuck right she like she blames the girl but you know of course she would i guess and then she's like, you're not leaving this house and eventually the uh 
Vicky Mary combination blows her away through the mirror with her mind, like Harry. So now Billy, he's a uh, he's a uh, checking on Craig, who's been passed out, thanks to thanks to Vicky. And he, he gets waked up. Craig does, and he has to find her. He has to find Vicky. He's very worried about Vicky and stuff. And then Billy's like, listen, you can't stop her. I know what's going on over here. I can stop her. He's like, you know what's going on this whole time? And he's all like, well, fuck, I don't need your help. I'm going to go find her. So I'm getting my shoe. So he's like, okay, you know, I can't stop you and stuff from what you're doing. So he grabs, so Billy grabs the shoe and he knocks his ass out again. So Greg is knocked out twice in this film. So there goes him. Exactly. So now Billy, he is like, okay, I got to figure out the bottom of this. So he goes to Mary's grave and he digs it up. Uh, he's like, I know I saw her burn alive. I know I saw it. And he big, brings it up. He opens up the coffin. And we see dead Cooper in the grave, brother. He's like, oh, fuck, you stupid bastard. That's what he called him. <laughs> <laughs> you stupid bastard. And he's like really, pretty upset. So now it's prom time, everybody. We are here at the prom. And actually, I thought this prom looked pretty awesome. All right, it had like this 1980s vibe to it. I thought the decorations looked pretty cool. Like I was digging this prom. I was like, bro, I would definitely like to be there. So it's a lot better than that 50s one they had earlier. So our boy Josh is looking for Monica. He had a present for her because remember they were supposed to meet up at the prom, but he doesn't see yes. her anywhere. And he sees Vicky, and Vicky's like pushes people away to get her pictures taken because you know Mary Lou is conceited. <clears throat> so she takes the picture and stuff. Uh, Craig wakes up. So we didn't have him pass out for too long. All right, so he wakes up. He tries to call Vicky. But Vicky changed her voicemail to Mary Lou. And it was just so goofy. <laughs> she was like, hello, this is Mary Lou. I can't pick up the phone right now because they're probably out there killing somebody. Oh, by the way, if you're calling for Vicky, she's no longer there. It's me, Mary Lou. So if we didn't, if we have an audience hasn't figured out that Mary Lou possessed Vicky, not, now we know. Now we know. It's like a very WWE thing to do. All right. <laughs> so while this is happening, um, Kelly is talking to uh, David, the Fabio looking like guy. She's saying like, David, you've been drinking too much. David's like, well, fuck. I like to drink a lot. She's like, don't mess up my hair. I paid good money for this fucking hair. All right. So now Billy, he is, is back in his office, I guess. And he's getting ready with a gun and Mary Lou's crown from the 50s. So Josh now goes... So Josh, you know, his date didn't show up, Monica. He thinks, like, the, the Monica girl just didn't show up at all. So he goes back to his, like, techie room. He takes a drink. He looks at Einstein's poster. He says, young love, didn't you croak? All right. He's like mm -hmm. looking at, now he starts looking at his computer. He's like, oh, okay, that's who's going to win. Kelly walks in. She's like, okay, who, who who's going to win? And he's like, I'm not going to tell you. You know, I'm, I'm you know, not going to tell you without my price. And she goes like, she's like, she's in. She's like, okay. So she puts like this little like bottle down. And then she goes, okay. <laughs> so she goes down. She puts mm -hmm. like this little bottle down. She goes on her knees. And she starts to open up his button. So I guess our boy's price was he's going to get his dick sucked. And that's how he's yep. going to change the results. And Kelly is in desperate mode right now. So she's like, I'm just going to have to make this shit happen. Okay. I was like, oh, fuck. Okay. 
And then like uh, Josh was like, okay. And she's like, get the typing. I was get like, damn. Typing. I was like, damn, okay. So, and then like after all this stuff happens, like we get a, a we get like a, uh, so we get a quick shot of Kelly going back to Dave and Dave just like kisses her and shit. Like kissing her, like making out with her. And he's like, oh yeah, we're like that mint you put on there. It's pretty good. Because, you know, he just kissed wow. her after her giving head to some other dude. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Okay. So now um, Josh is about to change the votes. Okay. But then while he's in the process of doing that, the computer says dead wrong. And then apparently the computer starts to do it in this blue light and starts melting his face off. What do you think about that blue light melting his face off gimmick? Man, I love that man. I, I think it looked cool. Uh, I just I love I love when blue light like and I love blue light in movie. Well, I love blue light in anything really. Yeah. And then um, I love the face melting. Anything face melting is great. Yeah, that does seem was pretty good. I liked how they did it. So now they announced the prom queen, and we find out that the screen tells us that is Vicky. Vicky is the winner. Kelly looks confused. She's like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute here." I'd rather Wait do all that. So so now we see Billy. He's going up to the top of the uh, scaffold again. All right. Craig is rushing to get inside the school at this time. And then I like how this one guy is saying, Kelly, how did you blow it? <laughs> I get it. Yeah. So, funny, right? Yes. So now uh, Vicky, she's getting the prize. And then I don't know where Billy just shoots her right in the chest right before Craig could get there. So Craig gets there, goes up to her, starts upset, saying, call the ambulance. Nobody likes to call the ambulance when shit happens at the prom, apparently. They just all stare, see what happens. They just, yeah, they just stare at it. And then they all realize, that, hey, the Billy's the one who had the gun here. So now Vicky, like, since this happened, now Vicky turns into an 80s slime demon of Mary Lou Burt. Yes. So that was pretty cool of her like, coming out of the body. Demons. Yes. Yes. So she's like fucking up the place like Carrie. All right. And Kelly like tries to run away, but then she has like a piece of light on her stomach. So there she goes. Uh, Mary Lou. And then during this, the Mary Lou, she's getting her skin back. Like she's getting her true form back. All right. Mm-hmm. And then her Mary Lou and Billy start fighting a little bit around there like going back and forth trying to fight and billy like has like the crown of uh of Mary Lou. um but billy goes to um so billy you know she basically knocks billy out of the way all right and then uh, eventually she starts chasing down craig around the uh the school now so Craig, he goes all the way to the basement. Like, the, 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 so we have a big chasing scene, basically, of uh, Mary Lou chasing down Craig. And first they go to the prop room a little bit. Then they go down deeper into the prop room. I was like, okay, this is more Nightmare on Elm Street shit. We're going deeper and deeper into the layers. This is when he passes that mummy thing that we were talking about that Josh was in. Looked pretty cool. Um, So... He locks himself like in this like room, 
And we start hearing Vicky's voice. And Craig falls for it. He opens the door, gets a hug by her, but then we can see that the uh, Mary Lou has the glove and the ring on. And she turns into her form to trick Billy. And she eventually opens up her magical suitcase. And the magical suitcase was going to take Craig into the 1980s film Upside Down World? Yes, that's what I took out of that too. Okay. I'm making sure we're all on the same. never explained. Yes, I'm making sure we're on the same page here. Yeah, I think we are. So before this can happen, of him getting sucked into this time portal, Billy shows up with her crown, Mary Lou's crown. So Mary Lou kind of stops what she's doing. Billy puts the crown on Mary Lou, and then they start kissing. Okay. Got it, yeah. And Nothing unusual. Yes. So <laughs> while this is happening, wait, wait, nothing unusual. Wait a minute. <laughs> oh, but not for this movie. Yes. So while this is happening, we now, we now, since we, we somehow have to do the Evil Dead camera now. Yes, I saw that too. Yeah. So we're doing, it goes all the way from the school, all the way back to her grave and it blows up. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the case the, the 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 case closes and Billy's okay. We have this big blow up moment and we, we don't see Billy. We don't see we don't see Mary. We act like they both blow up or blew up. We're back at the prop room part. Uh Craig's there, he hears Vicky's voice. He doesn't question it for a second, he just opens up the case. And we see Vicky, she's all slimy now. And so Craig decides to do like a line. He's like, he's like, why are you putting all that sugar in the coffee? She's like, well, it, it would kill me. He's like, okay, this is the yeah. true girl now. So we have all that coffee there. Yep, because now we know. And then I like this scene. It was a very quick scene. The cop's like, oh, there's some strange shit happening here. Oh, thanks, thanks, copper. We we got you. Okay. So the cops are there and everybody. They're putting people in the ambulances. Who needs to go there? Billy shows up. All right. And they all hug him and stuff. They're like, hey, everything's okay. Billy's like, okay, I'll take you all back in my car. Um, they're both in the Billy's car. All right. And they're all, they're all, you know, they're saying like, you know, they're happy to move on with their lives. And then Billy starts playing some 50s music. They're all like, wait a minute. Uh-oh. Wait a minute. Uh-huh. Although that wouldn't be really weird, right? Because he was a teenager in the fifties, so you know yeah. he might like that kind of. Well, maybe thing. maybe he was more of like a, a different fan. Maybe he didn't like that music, but now they could tell like something's wrong. We're, we're with him, right? Yes, exactly. He, he basically is saying some music, kids, huh? And then he gets uh, basically he's possessed by the Mary Lou. So all the so basically we got another scene that comes out of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street all the time, where Freddy's not really dead. He just possesses somebody or does something. So we have the cars locked, the windows all come up. Billy is now possessed by Mary Lou, and they drive on off. And that was our story. Yep. Very, um, very Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. And very Undertaker. Yes, yeah, exactly. Did a little <laughs> bit of both right there, brother. Maybe that's yeah, where the Undertaker yeah, got it. He got right it from there. this movie. Well, maybe. From or Hello maybe, Mary Lou. Or maybe or this whole time, the Undertaker was possessed by Mary Lou. We didn't even know it. Oh, God. We didn't even see that. Yeah. That's like the crossover right there. Yeah, there you go. 
But everybody, this has been Retro Buzz review of Prom Night 2. Hello, Mary yeah. Lou. Not a bad film. Pretty I liked good. it. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it a lot too. You know, I don't mind, you know, we did say this movie copied a lot of Nightmare on Elm Street, but you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. You can make it your own nope. little difference. And I thought it looked pretty good. Absolutely. You know, I like those kind of like uh, 80s tropes too. I, you know, I thought this movie was pretty good. You know, it's definitely one you can watch in the background stuff. You can watch it over again. It's like, okay, yeah, this is this is, this is not too bad. It's like, you know, a little, little bit of yeah. a fun ride here. So Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And I feel like that, you know, it would have a better reputation if it... Uh, if it wasn't called Prom Night 2. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Because it really didn't have anything to do with number one because number one didn't have any kind of like supernatural shit. It was more, number one is more like just a normal slasher. Like a, yeah, or, it was or, just a slasher movie. It was a revenge story slasher. It didn't have any supernatural shit to it. This one was all supernatural shit. So. Mm-hmm. Apparently there's a Prom Night 3 as well too. That has Mary Lou in it. Uh, we can't do that yeah. one because it's in the 90s. Maybe we'll visit exactly. it later on. But I saw the preview for Maybe. it. It does look pretty uh, interesting. All right. I'm sure it does. The Last Kiss, brother. All right. Prom Night 3, The Last Kiss? Yes. Is that what it's called? Okay. Yeah, the, yeah the, the premise is Mary Lou is like back and she has a boyfriend, this dude. Uh-oh. And like she kills people and this guy like hides the bodies and shit. So. Huh. But everybody, join us here next week on the Retro Blood as we continue our month talking all about schools and high schools and school activities mm-hmm. in 1980s movies while we will doing next week we will be doing final exam. Yeah. Your final so, exam uh, is happening. Okay. It is. It's all the right. final one. It's the final one, brother. We're about to be done with school. At- done with high school. We got one more test to do. But we're gonna see if you can you can test yourself to be alive and possibly uh possibly uh dead after our final exam yeah that's why it's our final one you never know if it's going to be the final never one know. Or not. we'll have to wait till next week to find out we'll see brother and of course we'll end the month off with the the prowler so it's oh, gonna be what a classic it's gonna be crazy brother a couple yeah. of other ones speaking of crazy how about mm-hmm. we end uh, the show with some white snake brother let's do it what do you want to hear how about we do Still of the Night? Yeah, that's a classic. It's a classic, brother. I love this Still of the Night because, you know, Mary Lou, she's out there, nighttime. And it's Still of the Night. And it's Still of the Night. <laughs> Billy's out there trying to get trying to get, trying to to get, get some uh, redemption for stink bombing her ass and blowing her up. Yeah, yeah. He ended up getting possessed, and he now took his uh, son and Vicky in the car, and they're going all night long in the night brother but everybody that has been the retro blood jay austin james klein we will see you guys here next week see you guys